Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll explore malware on the Mac. They said it doesn't happen, but it sometimes does. We'll hear about it with Kirk McElhern, an author and commentator. We'll switch gears with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. He tore down the new iMac, and it's fascinating how Apple made a few changes. We'll get Adam Ingst of Tidbits and Take Control Books to talk about the crime kit used by malware authors and now targeting the Mac platform. Then we'll hear from Jason Snell of Macworld. All this and more this week on the Tech Night Owl Live. We join Kirk McElhern from his palatial shack in the French Alps. What's the weather in France these days, seriously? Pretty nice. I'm just looking out the window. It's blue sky, sunny. April was very warm. Where we are, we don't... It's, it, we're actually in one of the driest parts of France. They say 300 days of sunny year, which is, you know, what every tourist area says. But here it's true. And it, just in general humidity, it's very dry. We get rain in the summer. We're in the mountains. We get some huge thunderstorms. We get a lot of snow in the winter. Where I am, we have very clearly marked seasons. Very distinctive. Like you have a real winter, which and we do not sum- have where I live in Arizona. We have basically summer and summerer. Right, exactly. You know, it's like how it was when I was growing up in New York in the 1970s. Right. You remember? Real hot winters and then a couple of blizzards with three feet of snow once or twice a year in the winter. Uh, it's kind of like that here. Okay. Well, it sounds like a really nice place to live. I don't like driving through mountains, though. That you got to get used to. Believe me. All right. Now, things that we don't want, and of course, to me, just driving through the mountains is one thing. The other thing we don't want is malware. And there's a report now of new malware on the Mac platform. We don't see this too often. What's this all about? This is what's called a fake antivirus program. And this is something that's pretty common on the Windows platform, and they've been around for years. It generally starts when you click some sort of a link on a website that takes you to a page. And you may have already seen this. The page looks like a screen from Windows XP. In some cases, it might fill your screen. And you'll see an animation, and it looks like something is scanning the computer. And it's going to make a list of files that are infected. And then it's going to say, your computer is infected. Click here to clean your computer. Then you click on a button, and something downloads. Or you try to quit the page, and something downloads anyway. Now, in the past, to attack Windows users, they would download Windows files, Windows applications, installers. And what's new here is it's downloading a Mac zip archive, which contains an installer package. If you have basic security precautions, you have an option in Safari unchecked. In the general preferences, it says open safe files after downloading. Now, for some reason, Apple considers that zip archives or disk images are safe, which is not the case. Uh, Here what happens is the zip archive is decompressed, the installer package opens, and the user sees an installer screen. Now, again, you and I, who know a little bit about security, are going to say, why is there an installer screen when I didn't want to install anything? And you'll probably quit it. But a lot of people just click through, put their password in, and the thing gets installed. And the next thing that happens is this fake antivirus starts running. It claims that it's scanning a Mac. It claims that it's finding files. And then it says... You can clear them out if you buy a license to this program, which is, I don't know, dollars $60, $80 is, you know, one year, two year and lifetime licenses. And, well, if you put your credit card in this window, you'll get a serial number and the program will actually tell you that your Mac is clean. Of course, the program hasn't done anything. It hasn't found any infected files. It hasn't cleaned any when you've paid the money. And you don't know what's going to happen to your credit card number after that. 
Well, it's very interesting here. I had a situation where my credit card number for one of my debit card accounts was hacked and someone tried to make a very large purchase. Fortunately, I called the card issuer. They refunded the authorization. I called the dealer and we found out what went wrong. But it appeared that all the verification they do for this sort of thing failed. Normally, you know, if you're ordering a fairly pricey item, they're supposed to call you for verification or check to verify that the address is the same as the billing address on the card. And somehow this failed the entire process. Yeah, I can understand for small amounts that they don't do a serious check. And, and, and here, you know, we're talking 50, 60, 80 dollars. What's interesting, a security journalist named Brian Krebs wrote an article, I think it was sometime early this year, and, and I looked it up online this week. Something like 37% of people who've been scammed by fake antiviruses complain about it, which means that two-thirds of people don't. They either don't notice the charge or they think that they've bought something that's valid or they don't check their credit card bills, which I don't know about that. So these kinds of scams, apparently some studies have shown that these are people who make millions and millions of dollars. They're actually not, they're cheating you, but in most cases, it doesn't seem that they're selling your credit card number. But basically, in this case, they are selling a non-functional product. Well, they're selling a non-functional product, which now, after you've paid, claims that it's functional or claims that your computer's clean. You can scan your computer with it, and it'll look like it's doing something, but it's really not. What's really interesting about this is most Mac malware we've seen in the past is designed by Windows developers and looks like it. This actually looks like a professional Mac application. When you see the screenshots, you think, hey, I see an app like this. I'm going to assume it's real because it looks like a Mac app. The texts in English are correct. There's no spelling or grammar mistakes. The buttons look good. I mean, it's a, a Windowsy style of interface, but it looks like a real application. Okay, so somebody out there is creating a non-functional virus protection application and selling it. You'd think if you're going to go through that bother, just do the real thing. But that requires talent. Yeah, it, I mean, a, an antivirus program is more than just something that looks at files. It's a whole group of security researchers. Of behind. course, yeah. You'd have to have somebody who understands security to build this application. If you're paying by credit card to somebody, there is an account somewhere, a exactly. merchant account for that company or individual. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what happens in this case. The the evidence of this one suggests that it's someplace in Russia or some other Eastern European country. Probably they'll keep an account open for a couple of weeks and then shut it down and keep moving around. Maybe there's complicity with banks. I mean, I don't want to go out on a limb and suggest things like that. But this is big business on Windows. So you would think that if the card companies really wanted to go after them, they should have a way. Well, now Sorry. they only care about their 3%. Well, yeah, but they also care about the complaints from the consumers who they have to refund. So possibly the bank who's dealing with this particular company, they're complicit or stupid? Well, assuming that these people were changing these accounts every week or two, which is probably necessary given the, the turnover they have on Windows. I mean, how many different banks are there that you can go to? Um, how long does it take before you've used out all the possible banks? Um, Years. Uh, because there's what? always another bank. There's always another bank to provide this. The only thing is here, if they use some kind of credit verification process, eventually that information will be there. But if you keep starting up new companies, maybe not. Now, you mentioned something here which is even just as important or more important, that this sort of thing happens on the Windows platform. So are you saying that there are companies on the Windows platform who sell bogus virus detection applications too in the same fashion? Oh, sure. Yeah, this has been on Windows for years. 
Um, and, and as I said in the beginning, when you come to this first web page, you see a Windows XP screen or a, an animation of a Windows XP screen to make you think that it's your own computer. On Windows, what this generally does is it fills your screen so it looks like it's your own desktop, even though your desktop is going to look different and you're going to have different you know, disks and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but this is an uh, old problem on Windows. What's interesting is that the software itself is sophisticated, but it still ends up on a page with a Windows screen rather than displaying a, some kind of a Mac screen for Mac users. It sounds to me as if they're trying to basically take a Windows product and quickly hack it to work on a Mac by creating some new windows, new screens, and of course a new installer that supports the Mac platform. Yeah, but see, that's the difference. It's not just a port of a Windows product. It's really a Mac app that even displays certain system information that's tapping into the Mac OS X system. So the developer who made this app knows Macs. This isn't just someone slapping, you know, a new face on a Windows product. This is a Mac application, and this is what's actually surprising about it. Um, again, that they would go to all the trouble for the application and not for the website. We have Kirk McElhern, author and commentator, exploring this new Mac malware that seems to have a lot of sophistication behind it, but doesn't harm you. It just takes your money. That's harm, I guess. This is Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realist, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should, too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Ready to save? Then you're ready for the Super Summer Sale at Herbal Healer Academy. 
Herbal Healer has been the leader in quality natural supplements for 23 years. Log on to HerbalHealer.com and take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on 500 parts per million colloidal silver. The best pharmaceutical grade available at all sizes on sale. Super Male Plex with Uhimbi and Super Femplex for summer toning. Buy Glucosamine Chondroit 60 cap summer sale priced at only $12. Colon and answer 250 caps summer sale priced at just $18. And if your brain's a little foggy, we have a great supplement on sale called Memory Power. Log on and hit the postcard specials link for more super summer savings at HerbalHealer.com. As always, new customers get a free catalog with first order. Herbal Healer Academy, healing the world with nature one person at a time. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com We're talking on the Tech Night Owl Live with Kirk McElhern, author and commentator, about this new Mac malware that appears to be basically a non-functional virus detection application. But there's no indication it's doing anything more than just pretending to scan your drive and that's it. Yeah, no, there's nothing going on. It's not. It's not doing any kind of infection. It's it, technically it's not malware. Technically, it's just a scam. The only sort of malicious thing is the way that it installs itself. There's no dock icon, so you can't really quit it very easily. You have to go into Activity Monitor to quit it. Um, and even if you do and you reboot, it's going to launch again. It puts itself into your login items. So unless you remove the application or remove it from login items, um, it's going to keep launching every time you log in or every time. Uh, you restart your computer. Hoo, hoo. Okay. So you can uninstall this thing, right? You can. You can move the um, application to the trash and remove it from the login items and restart. Um, the thing is, though, it's likely some security researchers I talked to pointed out that this is an extremely sophisticated application and they think it's just a beta. 
And once you've given your password to install it, that gives root access. And the installer could potentially install other things um, in the system space that could continue to work or could, could prevent the installation, could download other software or have other effects. As of now, it's not doing this. Um, but once you give away that admin password, you know, you've basically given away the keys to the door of your Mac. So what this means is that maybe there's no problem now, but possibly sometime in the future, there could be a problem. It's entirely possible. Uh, again, the, the level of sophistication here of the application shows a certain commitment to focusing on the Mac platform. Is this something, Kirk, that you could learn by spending a few weeks playing with Xcode? I think if you're a really smart developer, you might be able to, but it, it's more like the, it shows a certain knowledge of Mac OS X. Again, one of the panes in the application gives some system information. Um, Anyone who just wants to make a fake antivirus wouldn't really need to do that. So it really suggests it's, it's a, someone who's familiar with the Mac. And again, the interface is very Mac-like. It's not, things are in the right place, the buttons are, okay, bright colors and all that. Um, but there's nothing that makes the, there's nothing that makes you think when you see it, oh, this is just a poorly made, you know, Windows application. Um, it looks like it's a fairly well-designed, it's, it looks like someone really took time to think about the interface. There are little pop-ups that alert you that files are infected, which, of course, they're not, um, that look like growl notifications. If you know what growl is, um, um, growl is a system that basically pops up notifications and a number of programs can use it. And this uses a similar thing. I mean, that's a very Mac-ish thing to do as well. There's an icon in the toolbar, which lets you access the program and choose different functions. Um, there are five icons in the, sorry, three, two, one. There's an icon in your menu bar that lets you access the program. I mean, that's a Mac thing. You know, a non-Mac person wouldn't think of that. Right. It does sound like somebody learned enough of the Mac platform to get away with this kind of scam. Okay. No. So right now, of course, the biggest harm is to your credit card because money's been taken away. And the fact that information about your access, your user password, is being sent to this company, whoever they are, so they could do mischief in the future. Well, I don't know about, I don't think the password's being sent. I don't know about that. Um, but it, it is asking you to buy a license and give a credit card number, and is doing this from an unsecure page. So the credit card number is being sent in, in clear text, uh, which means that unlike when you buy something, um, when you buy something on the web on a secure page, the vendor doesn't get your credit card number. It goes through a processor who confirms the number. Uh, here in this case, the credit card number is going to whoever is behind this. Uh, what this means is they could potentially be using your credit card number for something else. Oh, of course. So we understand that. Okay, so in general, is it just a matter of watching what you install is that the best way out of this? We assume, of course, that virus detection software, the real stuff, the genuine stuff, can detect this thing and remove this product. Yeah, I think um, a number of um, antivirus programs have been updated to detect it. Um, the first thing that, that users need to know is if an installer ever pops up when you don't expect to see one, there's something wrong. Now, you may go to a website and click on something and download it and you get an installer because you've downloaded software that you want to try. But here, this is happening without you specifically clicking on a link to say download. Um, the second thing people should do is go into Safari if they use Safari. 
Go into Safari in the preferences, on the general preferences, uncheck the thing that says open save files after downloading. In this case, anything you download will end up in your downloads folder. You can look at it and decide whether you want to launch it. Now, if you find something there that looks like an installer package, looks like a cardboard box that's opening, um, ask yourself, did I download something that needs to be installed? If not, don't double-click it. Just delete it. Well, again, it requires that those who use Macs be aware of what they're downloading and what the consequences are. Exactly. I mean, this this is what we call social engineering. You're tricking someone into doing something. Um, you're tricking a user into thinking that they're doing something that they want to do and putting their password in. Now, what's interesting is that a number of people in forums and even on Apple forums were posting that they were infected by this and don't remember putting a password in. Now, I haven't heard anything to suggest that this can install by itself, and I don't see how it can. Um, but it seems like people are just not paying attention. They see a window asking for a password, boom, they put it in, and they just ignore it. And then, you know, the next day they're surprised to see that there's something popping up. Okay, so I want to install virus protection software, and I learn about this. I am going to be a little bit more reluctant about what product to choose, right? Well, isn't that's part of the problem. Um, you know, there are tons of legitimate security companies um, that make such software, and how do you know that they're valid? I think the best thing is to look at the, the, the most... You know, the most authoritative websites, um, I write for Macworld, so I'm going to say go to Macworld and look at the ones that they talk about or review or even mention. Um, if you don't see something listed there for security software, I'd think twice. You know, there's other web, um, Mac websites, um, I don't know, MacNN, MacObserver, um, all sorts of sites like that. Um, it's kind of important that you be aware of what company it is. Another thing is nowhere in this application do you get a link to a website. Um, now, websites can be faked as well. And, and in the Windows side, this is often the case for these fake antiviruses. Um, so uh, another thing to do is look and see what programs are sold on Amazon. You know, Amazon sells security software from all of the major security vendors. Um, on the Mac side, they've got Symantec and Intego and um, maybe McAfee and a couple of others. On the Windows side, there's 20 or 30 of them. So look and see what companies are there, and you'll know what the real companies are. All right. Now, let's talk about the general question, which I'll ask about, which is whether virus detection software is really needed on the Mac, aside from this particular social engineering exercise. We have Kirk McElhern, author and commentator, writes for Mac World, writes an occasional take control book. He has his site, McElhern.com, and we'll ask him about an interesting backup solution, which he discusses there. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Hey, neighbors, meetings are an essential part of any business. You know, making presentations to clients, collaborating with your colleagues. Well, make them as simple as possible to run and organize. Use GoToMeeting by Citrix, the easiest, most reliable online meeting service. With GoToMeeting, you can schedule an online meeting in seconds. Attendees can join with just a click from anywhere. Meeting materials are viewed on everyone's screen, making collaboration seamless. 
GoToMeeting is so easy to use for you and everyone joining your meeting. Plus, with GoToMeeting, hold as many meetings as you can for one flat rate. You have phone conferencing and voice over IP are included. You know, my listeners can try GoToMeeting free for 30 days, a month of unlimited online meetings free. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. That's GoToMeeting.com, promo code PODCAST. Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the face of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th through 30th. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out. That's survivalist.com. If you breathe, eat, or drink, your body's pH balance is at risk. Micronized, activated zeolite is the only product of its kind on the market that can balance pH levels and offset immediate and long-term effects of nuclear fallout. 100% natural, safe, and gentle enough for children, animals, and pregnant women. Activated zeolite, available at RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, PlantSkid. PlantSkid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. PlantSkid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not PlantSkid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. PlantSkid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI-listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use PlantSkid, member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSKYDD.com. Ask about our new vole repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. PlantSkid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. Utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. 
We have Kirk McElhern, author and commentator, and we're talking about the need for malware protection software on the Mac. I'm Gene Steinberg in the Tech Night Out Live. Now, over the years, we've been saying, you know what, the sky's going to fall soon because the Mac platform is growing by leaps and bounds still, even though PC sales are pretty much stalled. So do we need the malware detection software yet? Is this proof that we've got to have it? Uh, it's a tough question, and it's one of these questions that leads to arguments very often. I, I'm a, we're going to talk about backups later. I'm a, a belt and suspenders guy when it comes to backups, and I kind of think the same way regarding security. Two things happened this week. One was this malware, and another is something called a crime kit that was developed for the Mac and that seems to be a possible future threat, allowing people to click a few buttons to create Mac malware. The argument has been going for years. Apple market share is increasing, and uh, people who make malware are going to attack the Mac more. The, the first thing to realize is that back in the old days, let's say five or ten years ago, malware was more of a nuisance. You know, it would send out something to everyone in your contact list on Windows because we didn't really have these problems on Mac. Um, all of your email contacts would get something and it would spread and it would display a message and that sort of thing. But in the past five years or so, malware has become a way for organized crime to make money, um, either by scamming you, the malware we talked about, by sending out spam, by taking over computers and creating what's called botnets, basically installing software on, on individual PCs that will then send out spam. Since it's from different addresses, it gets through spam filters more easily. Uh, this is all about money. This isn't about anything else. Now, has the Mac market share reached the point where malware writers are starting to target the Mac? Every time there's a report of Mac malware, you see in the forums people say, yes, it has, no, it hasn't, it's starting, no, it's just another, it's not going to last. No one really knows, but the level of sophistication of this application shows that they're taking more time. Mac OS X is a relatively secure platform for a number of things, but one of the problems is that malware is not the real issue anymore. There are all sorts of attacks that can come from visiting websites. Now, one of the ways that this malware, well, this fake antivirus is distributed is using a technique called SEO poisoning, that's search engine optimization poisoning. People create websites with certain texts that get them somehow to the top of Google searches. You search for something on Google, you click on a, a URL to see what it is. You think it's, I don't know, pictures of the royal wedding or something like that, and it turns out to be something else. So the risk for users is not just you get a file by email, you double-click it, and you're infected. The risk is the Internet. And a lot of these things are getting so complicated and so sophisticated that it's getting harder and harder to protect against them. Okay. Okay, well, that's the problem in general here is that can any single piece of software keep you safe anymore, even if you install it? Well, one, one of the things is that if you're just using an antivirus, it's only going to scan files. Um, you need a firewall. You need the, the protection from these sorts of threats that come from websites. Um, so there are, in the past couple of years, there have been a lot of antiviruses released by Windows companies who are coming into the Mac market, but they generally just are antiviruses and nothing else. Um, the, the more historical Mac vendors have programs that do cover the different types of threats. Um, these threats are changing and evolving uh, no one who really knows security thinks that 
the Mac is perfectly secure and can never be infected and can never be attacked. A lot of people will, will make loud remarks in forums to the fact that, oh, no, this is definitely not going to happen. Um, but things are changing. And again, while the Mac is secure, um, booby-trapped web pages and, and, and the kinds of things with JavaScript and, and things called cross-site scripting, and there's, there's tons of things that can happen via the web. And the web is where we do everything these days. Um, You'll probably you probably get tons of email spam with attachments, and this is basically Windows malware trying to get people to double click it. I'm sure some people still do open these things and get infected. This isn't a problem on the Mac. The problem for the Mac is the internet itself, and basically it's the web. Sure. Now the one thing that I guess we have to mention here then is that it's impossible for anything to protect you against everything you just have to be a little smarter about how you handle yourself well it's impossible for anything to protect you against your own mistakes first of all um, I said earlier if an installer comes up and asks you for a password and you're not expecting it to happen don't enter that password ask yourself what is this installer and what is it going to do um, that password, your administrative password, gives the software you install with that password the right to access any part of your system. Um, this not only means that when it's installing, but it means that when the software launches later, it can still access any part of your system. Once it gets those rights the first time, it doesn't need to ask for them again. So really think carefully about installing any kind of software. Um, if you buy software or download software from reputable sites, again, the, the main Mac websites talk about, you know, real software. Um, a site like MacUpdate.com has links to, you know, valid software. But if you float around and happen to see a link in a forum to some program that looks interesting, maybe think twice before you download it and try it out. And especially if you download a program and you can launch it at ease without uh, – three, two, one. If you can download a program and launch it as is without entering a password, then there's probably not a great deal of risk. But if you have to enter a password when you launch a program or have to run an installer, think more carefully. Well, this is just going to be more and more complicated. How to be safe. Now, there's a report that Apple is sending developer builds of the new Mac OS 10.7 Lion to security researchers. Is that going to help? You know, I don't know much about this. I mean, I, I have a developer account, so I have access to the pre-release builds. And as because of that, uh, the non-disclosure agreement that goes with it, I can't say anything about it. Um, the report you're talking about, I've seen. I don't know anything about it. I don't see why Apple wouldn't do this. I think it's a good thing. Maybe they've chosen some people to say, okay, can you have a look at this and see if you see any weaknesses? I really don't know. Well, obviously it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Um, it's certainly a good thing. I mean, security is really, really important with computers. And as I said, it's the web that's the problem now. Um, the more people who look at something, who, who look at an operating system, an application or whatever, um, the more they're going to potentially find problems. So, yeah, I think it's a good idea to get as many security uh, researchers involved. I mean, there are security researchers who work for security companies, and there are a number of other independent security researchers who may be consultants um, who know a lot about Macs as well. And it's certainly a good thing, you know, if they are getting involved. Okay, so we're exploring malware here. Once again, before we go to the next segment, just to remind our listeners about this malware threat, the fake virus detection software on the Mac, we have this application 
that presents an installer that installs fake virus detection software on your Mac, collects your money. It's bogus. If you see this thing, once again, what's the warning sign? Let's remind our listeners once again, what's the warning sign of this malware? Okay, an installer that pops up a window that opens automatically when you're not expecting to be installing something. A, a file that ends up in your downloads folder that you don't remember downloading, and when you double-click it, uh, it either launches a program like installer or the, the archive decompresses and you see uh, what's called an installer package which is a file that has an icon that looks like an open cardboard box. Those are really the two things. Anything that asks you for your password when you're not expecting it, think twice, stop, and say, why is this, what is asking for my password and why? All right. What can I say? What I can say is that if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com and I promise you neighbors we read each and every message we get we have Kirk McElhern author and commentator he writes for Macworld he writes occasional take control books he's an iTunes expert a backup expert a security expert he's an expert on so many things I can't contain myself he's contained at his home in the French Alps I'm Gene Steinberg you're in the Tech Night Owl Live Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boink Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. In this connected world, your Mac needs to be protected from the many threats that come over the Internet. But how can you stay up to date with the security issues that now affect Macs? The Mac Security Blog covers all the security threats to Macs, keeps you informed about essential updates to your software, and alerts you when new threats or malware are discovered. Keep your Mac safe. Visit the Mac Security Blog at blog.intego.com. That's blog.intego.com, blog.intego.com. The U.S. economy is at a tipping point. Forty cents of every dollar the government spends is borrowed. The president of the Federal Reserve in Dallas was recently quoted saying, this path will lead to insolvency, resulting in the collapse of our government and our economy. Our country can't function like this, and neither can your household. That's why you need to prepare, and priority one is your food supply. Fortunately, it's easy and affordable with the help of Ready Reserve Foods. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storable foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available with a 25-year shelf life. A full-year supply of quality food for two people costs a fraction of what you pay at the grocery store. For a free, full-color catalog, call 800-453-2202. That's 800-453-2202. Or visit readyreservefoods.com. Ready Reserve Foods, making preparedness simple since 1972. 
Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123cheapsolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123cheapsolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123cheapsolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We return with Kirk McElhern, author and commentator. We start out with malware, malware protection, this fake virus detection software that is out there in the wild now, and hopefully it won't last long. They'll find the offenders and deal with them in the meantime. Just be careful what you download, especially if it presents an installer. Now, part two of that, of course, is keeping good backups. And there's an interesting backup solution And it's a product I've used myself that you're talking about on your site, and you've written for Macworld about this, called IOSafe. What's that about? Yeah, um, a a few months ago, I wrote an article from from Macworld about how I back up my files. Now, Macworld had been running a series with a number of Macworld editors and contributors who wrote their particular backup strategies. And mine is, you know, unique. I'm, as I said earlier, a belt and suspenders guy. I back up my backups. I even bought a safe last year that I put down in my basement uh, fireproof safe, and I have two hard disks that I rotate every Friday um, between the safe and my office. And following that, I got contacted by a, a vendor from a company called IOSafe that makes a fireproof, waterproof hard disk. Now, this is a box, I'm looking at it, it's about the size of, well, desktop speakers. It's five inches by seven inches by 11 inches, weighs about 15 pounds. The hard disk is nestled somewhere in the middle of this, and so around it is 
a sort of steel enclosure. I'm guessing there's some sort of insulation and there's probably several layers of steel or whatever um, to protect it from temperatures. It claims a half hour protection at 1550 degrees Fahrenheit and three days and 10 feet of water. So the, the vendor sent me this to say, hey, you know, if you had this, you wouldn't need to buy a safe. And I thought, well, you know, this is actually kind of interesting. And so I hooked it up in my office. It's a, just a standard hard disk in a huge enclosure that's protected from fire and from, from water. And it's got a USB 2 connector, which is a little bit slow. I would have liked FireWire 800, which is what I use on my other disks. This would and, be ideal for Thunderbolt, you know. Yeah, well, even you know, even FireWire 800 would be, would be faster. Um, Thunderbolt, we're looking, I, I'd say, a couple years down the line before Thunderbolt spreads that much. Um, but it's true that anything for backups where you have a lot of data to copy, Thunderbolt will be extremely nice. Um, so, yeah, so I set this up. It's a, it took a while to do my first backups. I backed up my um, startup disk and my music collection. Um, took about 12 hours for my music collection and a couple hours for my startup disk. And it's part of my backup routine now. Every Friday, I do my sort of major, I have my backup every, well, several times a day for my regular backups. And then every Friday, I back up to my external disks that I switch with my safe in the basement. And I've put this one in too. It's not an overly expensive device. It's a few hundred dollars. It includes a one-year data recovery guarantee. And you can extend that to three or five years. Um, I, I don't want to sound like I'm advertising. I mean, the, the vendor obviously sent it to me thinking that if I liked it, I would say something about it. So um, I think it's a good product, and so I'm talking about it. I'll tell you um, what my experience is. I have it set up as my time machine backup because it's not the fastest drive on the pack there because of the fact that right. it's got USB 2.0. Mm-hmm. And the fact is with a time machine backup, you don't need speed. You just line a lot of space. So right. I use that as my time machine backup. And it seems to work quite well. It is incredibly robust and far heavier than a normal hard drive. Kind of a heavy yeah, it's, box. It's, it's surprisingly heavy. When you pick it up, you, you, don't, you expect it to be – you see something that size, you think you're used to things that are slightly hollow or not you know, solid or whatever, and it's extremely heavy. I, it, I think it's as heavy as uh, – um, I'm trying to think. 15 pounds is, is probably probably not a – 20-inch iMac, maybe, 21-inch. Could be almost that heavy. Sure. Something like that. Um, I don't leave mine on all the time because it's slightly noisy. I have a very It quiet- is? That surprises me because the one I have, I can't hear. But I have it on the floor, okay? I have yeah. all that stuff on the floor. So I have a very quiet office. I've got a Mac Mini, which makes almost no noise. Um, none of my hard disks have fans. And this has to have a fan, obviously, because of the way the, the disk is protected. Um, but the, the noise is noticeable. It's not really disturbing. It's not a humming noise. It's just an airflow noise. Um, but for me, given the, the, the level of noise in my office, it would be a problem. It's quite possible here, number one, the fact that I have it on the floor and the fact that I do have a room fan and other noises, other ambient noises, it's not noticeable, that's all. Right. Or you got a noise, your product, than I did. I don't think so, because it's not noisy compared to... I had a, a network-attached server a couple of years ago that a vendor sent me, which was far noisier than this for something that was just a basic hard disk with an enclosure. Um, so I think it's relatively quiet for what it is. But it's probably noisier than... Well, it's noisier than the Mac Pro I had a few years ago, at least from the, the, the fan noise. I'm not talking about the hard disk noise in the Mac Pro, but the fan noise is definitely noisier. 
But that's not a big deal. I think this is the kind of thing that would be really good for someone in a, in a small office who wants to, as like you, have a time machine backup or run regular backups with some other software and just not worry too much about the kind of thing that can happen to a hard disk. Um, you know, even just spilling coffee on a hard disk can, can destroy it. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's incredible how, as they say, the lack of robustness that you have to consider. Yep. Well, one of the things I want to consider, too, about this sort of thing is the fact that it's not something I want to test. I want to put to the test. You know, we look at what's happened in Alabama with the flooding and everything and the tornadoes in the related yeah. states. And you think if they had IO safe or something like that, they might be in better sorts because you've got to think how many computers are toast. Yeah, well, there, you know, there's several ways you can do a backup. Remember, they, they promise um, three days and 10 feet of water. So let's say you're in a place that's flooded. You have to be able to get back there within a few days. Now, those three days, it may be a week or two. You don't know. Um, but you still need to get back to wherever the disaster occurred. Um, so I, I think, you know, backups, you have to choose your backup strategy depending on the, the value of your data. I do some backing up to my iDisk, my mobile me iDisk, some of my files, really important work files, to make sure that I have a copy that's off-site. Off-site backups are really the safest way to do it, but if your off-site is in the same town that can still get flooded, that's not necessarily going to help you. Um, the problem with cloud backups like uh, mobile me or any other service is the amount of time it takes to get the, the files up there, given the bandwidth that you have. In my case, I get about 650K downstream, but only 100K upstream. So if I wanted to back up my music collection to a, a, a cloud thing, it would take me a year. Well, that's one of the things I have here. I have a cloud-based backup called CrashPlan. I don't know if you ever heard of them. And it's one of several services that does this thing. And what CrashPlan is, is that you set it up so that you can back up to the cloud, to somebody else's computer, Maybe in another house, so you figure if your house is burned down or someone steals all your equipment, you've got a backup at your neighbor's house or in right. the cloud. And what we do is we do cloud-based backups. I do a cloud-based backup, and my son Grayson does. Of course, he lives in Madrid, Spain. He had a situation not too long ago where his hard drive on his MacBook, a black MacBook, what, two, three years old now, he had a hard drive failure. In fact, everything has failed on that computer. I wonder about it. I wonder. Don't think he's abusing it. He's pretty good with equipment. But the computer didn't have a local backup, and right. we had the hard drive replaced. They couldn't get anything off the old drive, so finally he got his cloud backup and restored everything. You know, I tried Crash, Crash Plan recently, and the upload speed was so incredibly slow. As I said, I get 100K upload. I wasn't even getting 20K. For whatever reason, the amount of overhead in the upload of it checking files or whatever, it was so incredibly slow that even just for my standard work files, it said it would take more than a month to back them up. Um, so I just dropped that really quickly. Maybe you're lucky or maybe for whatever your internet connection is, you've got faster upload time. Um, it was a total failure for me. Well, that might be it. My upload time is 5.5 megabits uploading. Uh, Which is okay. pretty good. Isn't that nice? Yeah, i got to be lucky to have that. The thing, of course, is that even that is not the fastest when you're trying to send maybe 75 megabyte files on my radio show. It takes a few minutes to upload that. 
But download speeds are faster. They always are. It's asymmetric the way the system works. You, you realize what you just said. 75 megabytes takes a few minutes. You remember how it was 10 years ago, Gene? How long it would take to send 75 megabytes? Oh, about five years. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I know about that. Five years. Now it takes, oh, it took three minutes. I God, I'm in trouble now. This is terrible. This is just You're awful. Having- you know, my life is going to end if I can't get that... 10 gigabyte file down here in a few seconds. We have Kirk yeah. McElhern, author and commentator. We started out talking about this new malware threat on the Mac where it's a phony virus detection software. Watch out for it. We're talking about the IOSafe product. And IOSafe is a big, robust hard drive that is resistant to water and fire damage. We have Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Kirk McElhern, author and commentator. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As we continue to explore threats, the threat of malware, the threat of having something happen to your Mac, so your hard drive or your Mac system is completely destroyed for some reason. Understand, you know, if you're a PC user, IOSafe works on either platform. Yeah, in fact, it's it's formatted for um, Windows in, in what's called NTFS format. So if you do want to use it on a Mac, especially if you want to boot off it, you need to use Disk Utility and reformat it. It takes about a minute, less than a minute. Yeah, because it's just a blank disk. You're, you're just formatting the, the catalog on the disk itself. Sure. Otherwise, it's no big deal. It works fine on both platforms. I kind of hope they'll come out with a network storage device. They don't have a network drive right now. This is a local drive. It hooks up by the USB port on your Mac or PC. It'd be nice to see, you know, a network thing hooking up to gigabit Ethernet or something like that, or even Thunderbolt, you know. But then it's going to be a while before we see Thunderbolt gear. Yeah, I think Thunderbolt's going to take a little while. Um, IOSafe only has external disks for now. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they come up with a, a, a kind of a, a network, what's called a NAS, a network attached storage device, um, which is basically a hard drive in a box with a, a minimal operating system, generally a form of Linux, and either an Ethernet cable or some Wi-Fi. So you can put it any place. Um, and that's good because you can have multiple computers that can back up to it. Even Macs, you can have multiple time machine backups on a device like that. 
Now, I should point out that I did have an Apple time capsule here. When I moved to a new apartment, because of the way it's constructed, reception on the time capsule was so bad, I bought a Cisco router. One of their new E4200s gave me better reception in all parts of the home here. But, of course, it's not a network storage device. It does have a USB port for that. But the uh-huh. USB port is rather slow, so I've just kept this IOSafe hooked up to my main production Mac, which is the 27-inch iMac, which is now long in the tooth. It's two generations old. I should toss it, right? Well, you know, we, we got a new iMac this week, so, yeah, it's there's probably some reason that you can convince yourself that the one you have has is, is got to go. Isn't there always? I would think. I would think there has to be a reason. You know, we got to, you know, after we look at this, we have to say, hey, you know, this is terrible. This yeah, is that's terrible. the idea. This is just terrible. We can't put with this kind of stuff. We've got to get rid of all this old hardware and throw it out. Now, the other threat news this past couple of weeks is something that probably isn't much of a threat, whether Apple is tracking your movements. We had a discussion on this last week with Macworld's Dan Morin and Daniel Aaron Dilger of Roughly Drafted Magazine. So we learned, of course, that Apple had this tracking file on the iPhone or 3G-connected iPad that it didn't delete itself if you turned off location services. Were you worried about it? Well, no, because I don't have any 3G devices, but um, I, I I had my son run the program that someone wrote to, to sort of create a map from your tracking information, and it showed him being a whole bunch of places he'd never been with that phone. What Apple finally explained is that it was getting information from related phones to know where you... To, to plan ahead to places you might be going. And what's interesting is my son is going to school in a city in the south of France, and when he comes up here, he takes a train that follows a certain route. Um, when he goes to Paris, where he is now, he takes a train on a different route, and this map was showing a third route that he's never taken with this phone. He went there once by car, but with a previous phone, and... What's probably happened is that he's on the train with people who are changing in one city to go to another city, and so it's recording the information. It's getting this information from the other phones, apparently, and it's recording it on his in case he goes there because I guess some server someplace thinks a lot of people who go here end up going that way. In other words, they get to a fork in the road. He goes to the left, and some people go to the right, so they've stored the information in case he goes to the right. I think every phone tracks you. I think Androids do and Windows phones do. Uh, one of the things is they may not keep the data as long. This, this really seemed to be a non-event for me. Um, your phone company knows where you are all the time. Um, if you ever use a thing like, what is it, Foursquare or whatever, you're telling people where you are all the time. I mean, you know, the kind of information put on, people put on Facebook and on Twitter, um, is anyone, does anyone really care that a telephone knows where they are? Well, the thing I would say is, you know, if I was in an accident and I'm on a country road, I don't know where I am or I'm semi-conscious. I can't communicate that information to the 911 operator. I sure as heck want them to know where I am. Yeah, now that's a different technology. That's going to be using GPS um, because the Apple thing was using uh, a different system to find cell phone towers. It wasn't actually using a GPS to find your location. It was storing the locations of cell phone towers you might want to connect to so it knows which cell phone tower to try and co- contact. Um, I, I Actually, I don't have a cell phone with GPS, so I assume if I have an accident, um, 
if it's got GPS, you can have some way of indicating that. I don't even know. How do you do that? Well, with GPS, of course, remember, you're bouncing the information off satellites. But if you have a more localized tracking situation where it's tracking the cell towers, that's the key, tracking the cell towers, they could still find you. If you're inside somewhere, GPS may not work. But if they know where your cell phone is by its proximity to the networks, that's how they can find you. Yeah. And, and another thing, you know, there's other ways that you can be tracked. Um, my, I have an, um, a Wi-Fi iPad, so it's not a 3G model. If I tap on maps and I tap on the little thing to find my location, it finds my location within, I'd say, 20 yards, 30 yards. And it does this somehow by contacting um, different Wi-Fi uh, routers somehow send information to a serve to servers someplace, and somehow the device is triangulating. It's basically finding my location based on my Wi-Fi router. Now it's not precise. Um, it's got me on the other side of the road from where I am, about twenty yards away. But it's pretty damn close. Well, definitely, definitely. In any case, I wanted to just raise another issue here, which is an interesting piece of news. Okay, interesting piece of news. I don't know how you react to this. There's a story now that Apple's hired THX to be the audio guy over at Apple. That's Tomlinson Holman. He is the father of the Lucasfilm THX sound. You know, you see that in your movies, on your TV sets. Now they have THX picture. I have a mic here that's THX certified. So that guy, if the story is true, is going to Apple. Well... You know, oh, I, I would assume that a lot of people who buy 27-inch iMacs, a lot, I would assume that some people who buy 27-inch iMacs are using them to watch videos. If there were some way to improve the sound quality coming out of a Mac, uh, the of the internal speakers on the iMac, um, that would certainly be interesting. The, the sound quality of any Mac can be easily improved because um, every Mac today... Um, well, I'm saying that I'm not sure about laptops, but I think they all do have what's called a digital optical output in inside the little speaker plug where you plug in your headphones or your speakers or whatever. Um, there is actually a double system. The, the sides of it um, make electrical contacts to the standard headphone or speaker jack. And at the end, it's actually a, a sort of a fiber optic system. So if you plug in what's called a Toslink cable and you connect it to an amp that has a Toslink input, your data is coming out digitally. So it's totally unaffected by the sound card in the Mac. Now, improving the sound on a Mac in, in that case is very easy because you're avoiding the sound card. So if someone, if Apple's hiring someone like that, it makes me think that they're more interested in, say, taking the iMac and let's say some sort of a surround sound system. I think the current iMac, where are the speakers, on the bottom or on the sides? On the bottom. So we'll have to look for future developments from Apple to see how they improve the sound situation. Where, Kirk McElhern, can we find more of the things you do? McElhern.com, that's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. Macworld, um, Take Control. My latest book is Take Control of iTunes 10. And I've got another Take Control book coming out soon, but I can't say anything about it yet. And if he tells me he has to kill me, I don't want that to happen. On the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg, we say to Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us this week on the show. Thanks, Gene. Bye. Coming up next, we have Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, who toured down the new iMac, then Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books, and, of course, Jason Snell from Macworld Magazine. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) 
expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. Hey neighbors, Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac, Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows, and Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power of three million dollars the answer to protecting your assets is simple call john ballman today at 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero call 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold that's 1-800-686-2237 extension 169 Fear of falling is the number one reason seniors leave the home they love. And millions of aging Americans can no longer enjoy the pleasure of a simple bath from fear of falling. Don't leave your home. There is a solution. The revolutionary Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. Rediscover the soothing, luxurious pleasure of a comfortable and therapeutic bath by calling 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub has everything. A low step and walk-in door for easy access. Built-in heating, easy-to-reach controls with both water and air jet therapy to soothe away aches and pains. All tubs are proudly made in the USA and come with a limited lifetime warranty. Enjoy a relaxing, safe, and comfortable bath again. Call 877-513-3797 and ask for the Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. That's 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub for boomers and beyond. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. 
America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, just send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from technightall.com slash radio. That's technightall.com slash radio. Or check us out at iTunes. We have Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, and he's joining us to talk about all their efforts to tear down all the latest and greatest gear. Now, for those who haven't heard Kyle since we joined the GCN network, can you explain to our listeners what is the teardown process? Do you break it or do you try to tear it down in a way that you can put it back together again, you know, unlike Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> well, the whole mission of iFixit is that we want to teach people how to fix all of their stuff, especially their Macs. Whenever Apple releases a new gizmo, uh, whether it's a phone or a tablet or an iMac, we get our hands on it, take it apart to teach people what's inside, show off what's inside, uh, but also teach people how to fix it. Our teardown is an initial exploration into how it's put together, how it works, and then how difficult it's going to be to fix. Oh, that's a very important point. If you get a product and it's out of warranty, especially you know after that year or such, Suddenly, the product isn't working, and they have to just rip the thing apart. So let's take a look. The new iMac introduced this week by Apple. For all intents and purposes, it's very much like last year's model, right? Yeah, it's pretty similar. It's even a little bit easier to work on than last year's model, but but we're pretty pleased with the direction Apple is going with the hardware. I really like this this iMac, and our technicians had a blast working on it. We're, we're really looking forward to writing a repair manual for this and then selling parts for it in the future. I think it's going to be a really solid machine. Let's talk about the specifics. Let's grab a hold of the iMac. Which one did you do? We got our hands on the 21.5-inch model. It's the lower end one. We thought it, it would be accessible to more people. Apple's probably going to sell more of them, so that's the one that we focused on first. Uh, and it's interesting. We're, we always refer to things by Apple's part number. In this case, it's EMC2428. Uh, but it sounds like everybody is calling this thing the Thunderbolt iMac, which has a bit more of a ring to it. Now, what does Apple call it? The 2011 iMac? Yeah, probably. I, I don't even know if they, they have a reference. I haven't seen their, their service diagrams yet. Quite often, Apple doesn't really announce immediately what they're going to refer to it after the fact. Apple always releases their new products as iMac, and it's, it's rather hard to keep track because Apple's released, what, 50 iMacs over the years, all with the same name, and so we try to get in, and, and we, we come up with names that then you can refer to it when you're looking it up in the database. And in this case, referring to it by the EMC number means that you can just look on the back, see the number 2428 on it, and you know which iMac you've got. Doesn't Apple occasionally make inline changes to a product where they might swap out different parts? They have done that. They'll especially do that with something like, I think we've seen them do it with LCDs in the past. If they can't get enough of a supply from one supplier or like with the situation in Japan, they've had to switch suppliers on some components in the in the iPad. So you see them doing that every once in a while. Uh, if they have a manufacturing problem, you know, we saw... Originally, like with the 27-inch iMac, there were yellow uh, issues with the screens on those initially. And so Apple sees a manufacturing issue that maybe didn't show up until they started manufacturing millions of them. And then they make slight changes and tweaks. Okay, in late 2009, Apple comes out with the brand new 21.5-inch and 27-inch iMacs. And some of the 27-inch models, I think, suffered from this yellowing screen 
Yeah, it was sort of a yellow tint or a yellow tinge on the screen, like uh, just on one side of the screen. Now, I have to tell you, I got one of those models, a 27-inch iMac, no yellowish screen, no problems, whatever. Great. And I think that's the, that's the case that most people had. We, we had one of those units as well because we bought one initially for the teardown and we didn't have any issues. The thing with manufacturing is Apple's man, you know, they're making millions of these. So if, if they make a million and they have a problem with 1% of them, that's a lot of machines people are going to be complaining on the Internet about. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's going to affect most or even almost all of us. Well, the thing is also, a lot of the messages you had in Apple's forums, you'd have the same person engaged in a discussion with four or five other people posting maybe three or 400 messages. Suddenly, it looks like there's a massive trend. Now, Apple did release several firmware updates to address this issue. I installed them. I saw nothing different in the end. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems to me like it would have been a hardware thing, but but uh, it's interesting they release software updates for it. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the the LED display in in this model is manufactured by LG, uh, which w- makes very high quality displays. So so that should be good. It's, I, I guess I'm looking at the teardown. It's exactly the same display used in the previous 21 and a half inch iMac. So they didn't change the, the display at all. But they did add Thunderbolt, and that's really exciting. You have one port Thunderbolt on 21 and a half inch version, and then you have two on the 27 inch version. Yeah. Now, that's interesting, too, because theoretically you hook up a separate display to each Thunderbolt port. You could have an iMac with three displays. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wonder, I don't remember, do you know on those 30-inch uh, displays Apple made, if, if the, they ever made those with DisplayPort? Because then you could have a 27 on the center and two 30-inch displays on the side. You just buy an adapter. <laughs> so that would be cool, or you just get the, their current, their 27-inch displays. and it would, be, it would be a very expensive setup, but it would be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing I notice here, which is the tendency to, to turn this computer around to make it more amenable for professional users. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the entire iMac line is quad core. Suddenly, you have Thunderbolt, which is basically PCI Express on the back. For those who wonder what I'm talking about, PCI Express is a peripheral standard that normally in the past was used for internal add-on cards, like on a Mac Pro. So they somehow were able to make this an external port so you can stick extra drives and such outside on your iMac. You don't have to buy this five or $10,000 humongous tower. Is this going to be the end of the Mac Pro? I don't know. That's an interesting question. I would love to see Apple's sales on the Mac Pro broken out. I certainly, like, I mean, we do video editing in-house for all of our repair videos, and we use a 27-inch iMac. And I would love to have a faster machine, but the Mac Pros are so expensive, we just don't see a way that we can make it happen. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think the iMac is sort of the uh, the top of the machine. And one thing that's interesting is we're seeing Apple adding uh, expandability, upgradability back into these things. I mean, the iMac has four RAM slots now. You can upgrade the hard drive. You can have both a hard drive and an SSD. And now the exciting thing that we just found with this that Apple didn't talk about in their press release is that it looks like the GPU is upgradable. Now, let's explain here. Normally, in the old days when you had everything made up of separate peripheral cards, you'd be able to swap out your graphic card. Now, of course, you have them soldered onto the main logic board. So if you want to swap your graphics card For a better one, what do you do? You swap out the logic board, which is like taking the guts of the machine and replacing it. Right. It's very expensive. So, well, we discover now in the new iMac, Apple has made it possible, and maybe just be for their own service engineers, to swap out the graphics card. Yeah. They're they're using a format called MXM. 
uh, 3.0. MXM stands for Mobile PCI Express Module. There aren't really a whole lot of third-party MXM modules now, but uh, uh, NVIDIA and ATI have announced plans for these mobile PCI modules, and so there's certainly a possibility a year from now, you buy the iMac now, and we very well might be seeing compatible upgrades even possibly from apple you know they've sold they've sold graphics cards update yeah but it's not an easy thing to replace that thing you have all this paste or this heat sensitive paste you got to stick on them it's not something that you want to do unless you really have a little extra ability at opening that thing and playing around with the insides we'll get into more of this in a moment kyle weens the site is called ifixit ifixit.com and his crew tears down all sorts of components. They devise third-party repair manuals. So you can get parts and fix it yourself, not depend on the repair guy to just replace a logic board and say that's $600. Kyle, we'll be back in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the face of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th through 30th. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out. That's survivalist.com. If you breathe, eat, or drink, your body's pH balance is at risk. Micronized, activated zeolite is the only product of its kind on the market that can balance pH levels and offset immediate and long-term effects of nuclear fallout. 100% natural, safe, and gentle enough for children, animals, and pregnant women. Activated zeolite available at RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, PlantSkid. PlantSkid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. PlantSkid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not PlantSkid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. PlantSkid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. 
For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use PlantSkid, member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSkydd.com. Ask about our new vole repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. PlantSkid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. This is your call to action, America. It's time to get prepared. Food prices, fuel prices, dollar collapse, earthquakes, tornadoes, nuclear meltdown. Where's your plan? Get one at the Get Prepared Expo in Springfield, Missouri, May 14th and 15th, downtown at the Expo Center. Learn about survival economics, gold, silver, emergency food, water filtration, solar and wind power, heirloom seeds and gardening, how to prepare and defend your home, and hear from John Moore as he speaks about global warming and what the government isn't telling you. Joyce Riley's seminar about what we will do when there is no medicine. Plus, meet the 2012 candidate for President of the United States. All this and much more at the Get Prepared Expo, May 14th and 15th in Springfield. Missouri for the low admission price of only $7. Get details now at GetPreparedExpo.com. That's GetPreparedExpo.com. What happens next is up to you. GetPreparedExpo.com. Sponsored by GCN and Midas Resources. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We return with Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. This is the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg, and we were tearing down the new iMac, and I was going to ask you here, this kind of replacement for the graphics card, isn't that something that really the average person is not going to want to do? Well, certainly without a service manual, I wouldn't recommend somebody open it up. But that's that's what we do. Our job is to make it as easy as possible for people to get in and work on this hardware. So we have repair manuals that are free online at ifixit.com for every other iMac. And we'll be writing a repair manual for this. And I'm confident with the repair manual and with as easy as we found it was to get inside this iMac, that people will be able to get in and upgrade the graphics card, upgrade the RAM and the hard drive on their own. The, you, the most intimidating thing is the very first part where you have to remove the glass from the front panel. Uh, there's, there's magnets around the edge of the glass actually embedded in the glass, and you use suction cups uh, to attach the glass, and then you just lift the glass out of the computer, and then you're inside. And that's literally the hardest part is just lifting the glass out. So, yeah, I think it's something that, that people will be able to do if they're willing to get their hands a little bit dirty. Okay, got to be careful with that glass, though. And, of course, Apple doesn't really want the end user to do this unless they're really someone who's skilled at playing around with that thing. Right. Apple's perspective is that uh, you shouldn't really ever upgrade your stuff. You should just buy a machine and then buy a new one next year and buy a new well, one Well, memory they can upgrade. But you think, <laughs> you know, there has to be a way to build an iMac so you have a little module that can maybe slide out and change the hard drive or add that second hard drive. Yeah, I agree. That would be nice, but we're not seeing that. I think that's part of Apple's uh, philosophy where industrial design is paramount. That's most important. And upgradability often reduces the number of units they're going to sell because if you can upgrade the hard drive, why would you buy a new computer? Okay, other than the graphics card that obviously can be removed 
at least with some effort, but not a very difficult effort. Anything else that surprised you about the layout of the new model? Uh, you know, it's a it's a really nice, elegant machine. Apple has refined this hardware a lot. When when they originally released these upright iMac models, starting with the iMac G5, they were really a bear to work on. They were very hard to get inside, and you had to disconnect and route a lot of cables. And, and it's just gotten more and more elegant over the years. And I think this may be the most elegant iMac we've worked on. It's it's really well done. Okay, so basically, this is something that taking the whole thing apart from stem to stern, disassembling everything, how long did it take you? Oh, well, we take photos at the same time, so that's not really fair. Uh, okay, so you're not really stop watching this. You have to kind of stop and start, stop and start. Right, but I think you could disassemble the whole thing in less than an hour. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you put this back together again. It wasn't like Humpty Dumpty. It did come back together. It still works. It's totally back together, and I can tell you it works, and we're planning on using the computer in the office. We're really excited about our new computer. Uh, and then we're also we're going to take it back apart again and write a full repair manual. And we'll have a repair manual online for this guy, I think, within the month. Now, things like iPhones, the new iPad 2. Now, the iPad 2, what's that like to take apart? The iPad 2 is a little bit trickier, and we haven't finished our repair manual for that one because we're still trying to find a good way to get inside. Uh, The issue with the iPad 2 is that the front glass is glued to the back panel, and the the way that you get the the glue off is you use a hairdryer or a heat gun to to melt that adhesive, so you've got to heat up the, the, the front glass and then you, you get a plastic pry tool in between the glass, and you very carefully pry it up. Uh, and if you do it perfectly, you don't break the glass. The trick is that right now it's a little bit of a challenge to get a consistent temperature to make sure that you, you lift the glass off. And so we're, we're working on some better, easier ways to get inside it. But for now, that's, that's a uh, device where we're not recommending people work on it just yet. It's also the kind of device that people still regard as somewhat disposable. As expensive as it is, people think, I'm not going to keep this for more than three or four years. That might be much. Yeah. Now, the hope is that the battery lasts three or four years. With, with lithium-ion batteries, you get you know four or 500 cycles before Apple says it's basically at the end of its planned life. And- Does Apple have a repair program for replace the batteries on the iPads? On the iPad, on the original iPad, they did, and I'll okay. I, I just pulled up Apple's site, so they offer battery replacement for the iPad for one hundred and ten dollars, including shipping. Okay, that's okay, I guess. Yeah, but are they actually for, just it, replacing the battery or just swapping out the unit? Well, that's the problem. I don't know because I haven't done it with an iPad, but certainly with with iPhones and iPods, people see Apple swaps out the unit, which means that you have to. Make sure you have all your data backed up ahead of time, or or you're in a world of hurt. And I've like well, that's part of the normal process of syncing your iPad anyway. It is, but my grandma doesn't have a computer; she only has her iPad. Oh, and so there is no backup strategy for her. I would assume, though, I would hope that Apple, before taking that unit in, would say, "Did you back it up?" You would hope so, but I mean, (laughs) Apple's clearly got a lot of work to do on making the iPad into a standalone device that can work with it without a computer. Okay, now, anything else we should know about the iPad 2? Okay, it's really a bear to take apart the thing because of the way the glass is glued on. Anything else? Uh, I am concerned that the iPad 2 is going to be a little bit more fragile than the original iPad. How so? Uh, the original iPad was very, very rugged, and people are, were concerned about breaking the glass on it, but we actually saw very few glass breakages on the original iPad. The glass on the iPad 2 is substantially thinner, uh-huh. uh, which means that it might shatter easier. 
So, is it possible the glass is more hardened than the first one? Uh, it's certainly possible, and we haven't done extensive chemical tests. The, the, the very crude tests that we've done have shown that it's about the same. Uh, so okay. I don't think it's substantial. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, that's just something, you know, you, you make it less thick, it's going to be a little bit less rugged. Uh, but maybe the original iPad was so over-engineered, I mean, we saw hardly any of them breaking, that, that maybe the, the current iPad 2 will be okay. And that's one of those only time will tell. And we get we get reports. When people break things, they tend to call me. And so... I'll know in a few months sort of what the breakage trends are. What about the iPhone 4? Any problems because of the fact that it's got so much glass on it? Yeah, with the iPhone 4, it's interesting. It, this is like the, uh, you know, if you drop toast, which which is it going to uh, drop on, on the, the side with the jam or without? Uh, if you drop your iPhone, um, it, you're more likely going to break the back pan, the glass on the back of it than the glass on the front. And that's because the glass on the front uh, is glued to the LCD, and that actually provides a lot of flexibility and rigidity, which prevents the glass from breaking. So we see people shattering the back glass much, much more frequently than the front, which is actually a really good thing. I mean, I'd much rather break the back glass than the front because it's, it's cheaper to replace, and it's also super, super easy to, to replace yourself. It's something that anyone can do without any repair experience in less than two minutes. Wow. Okay. What do you do? Because we're almost out of time. What do you do? There are two screws on the bottom. You pull those out. The back cover slides off. You put the new cover on, and you put the two screws back in. And what's it cost to replace? Uh, The back panel, I think we sell them for about $70. Oh, okay. But I kind of think now they get this rumor that's come up that maybe Apple will go back to like kind of a brushed aluminum or something for the back of it, the next iPhone 5 or something. That, that would be interesting. We're certainly excited to see that. We've seen a lot of interest in other panels. We released a transparent glass back panel. So if you break yours and you want to do something a little different, you can get a transparent panel which shows you the inside. And I think people are really interested in custom different enclosures uh, for the iPhone. So I'd be excited for Apple doing some kind of metal, metal back. Mm. Yeah, I just wonder still about the mindset here. I think you can have elegant design industrial design that's just superb but make things a little bit easier to pick apart to pull apart i think you can too and and every other cell phone manufacturer has user replaceable batteries apple's the only one that's building in batteries and saying to their customers that they don't really own the hardware and that they can't replace it themselves and i think that's a shame and we're putting as much pressure on them as as we can to get them to change that policy but with the iphone 4 if you can get that back off so easily can't you replace the battery pretty easily you can get in and replace the battery, and we have instructions. Uh, the iPhone 4 is fairly intricate to get into, and you have to have that special pentalobe screwdriver, which, which we sell now. So it's accessible, but it's not as easy as it could be. Tell you what, tell our listeners where they can find more information about iFixit.com. So you can find all of our free repair manuals for every Apple product on iFixit.com. And we have manuals for a lot more than just Macs now, everything from game consoles to cars. And then we sell parts and tools. So if you need that pentalobe screwdriver or you want to get a RAM upgrade for your Mac, we've got you covered. So basically, they eat by selling you the parts that you need, but the manual is always free, iFixit.com. Kyle Weens, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. (laughs) 
Mother's Day is this Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing Mother's Day special. A beautiful bouquet of two dozen assorted Mother's Day roses with a free glass vase plus a free box of chocolates, all for just $29.99. Just visit proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code MANY. These two dozen Mother's Day roses are bursting with color. They're the perfect way to show all the moms in your life how much you appreciate them. Two dozen assorted roses guaranteed to stay beautiful for at least seven full days, plus a free glass vase and a free box of chocolates, all for just $29.99. But hurry, this special offer ends Friday. Mother's Day is this Sunday, and it's your last chance to take care of mom. The only way to get your last chance Mother's Day offer is to visit proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code MANY. Go to proflowers.com, secret code MANY. That's proflowers.com, code MANY. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. UtopiaSilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. UtopiaSilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. Going solar for cheap is as easy as one, two, three. If you want to go solar but thought the setup costs were too high, now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch our introduction video at 123CheapSolarVideo.com. The video is free, but it won't last long. Save money on electric bills and get off the grid. Go to 123CheapSolarVideo.com right now. Our website again is 123CheapSolarVideo.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma, MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boosts resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. 
The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Adam Inks of Tidbits Magazine, who was telling me before we got started that his Mac Pro is being reluctant today. The reluctant computer, the case of the reluctant computer. And I'm thinking here, Apple has this new line of iMacs. They've got the Thunderbolt ports, which is like PCI Express on the outside. All these great capabilities. How many people really need a Mac Pro? (laughs) Um, especially when it doesn't start yes (laughs) this particular one uh, I'm sure someone needs it really badly but um, no we'll put an ad up for you yeah Mac Pro a little used seriously the Mac Pro has gotten to the point where if you need to do something very specialized audio video where you're installing PCI cards that kind of thing that's where you need the Mac Pro the power wise um, you know as far as the, the CPU power goes particularly the new iMacs that just shipped I mean quad core i7s um, you know people just don't need that kind of processing power in everyday life anymore and so uh, to to go to you know a, a 6 core a 12 core mac pro is just overkill so honestly not that many people who used to buy power macs for instance back in the day need to be getting mac pros now now one advantage supposedly of the intel xeon is the use of error correcting ram does that really make a difference anymore? It costs more. The chips cost so much more. And as far as I know, I have to reseat mine. So, um, well, you see, at least there's an error. It's, it's, it's found the error. It's corrected it, and it's uh, flashing a light at me. I don't know. Honestly, you know, at this point, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a big deal. You know, that it's it's one of those situations where maybe if you're working in certain again certain kinds of you know I don't know. It's even hard for me to come up with an example because I would have to assume that errors in RAM would be would result in situations that would crash applications. So no one ever wants their application to crash, but it's not like crashing an application. Certain types of applications are worse than crashing other types of applications in general. Sure, so, but if you're having applications constantly crash, you know there's a problem. You can replace the memory. Precisely, but you don't need special memory for that. You know, you just, I mean, if you ever have bad, if you're ever having, you know, significant amounts of crashing problems and you suspect bad memory, just replace it. For the most part, memory isn't that expensive and, and, you know, spending a lot more for error correct, or, you know, being forced to spend a lot more for error correcting memory. Um, I don't know that it's going to make that much of a difference in the real world. It's sort of if the memory goes bad or doesn't go bad. It's just, all right, let's look at the 27 inch iMac here. It's got two Thunderbolt ports. In theory, it's capable of handling two external displays. Yes. So you have a total of three displays. Yes. Which is kind of what, you know, someone who's doing heavy-duty movie special effects editing and all that stuff, you could add an external RAID assembly as soon as they have those high-performance RAID assemblies for Thunderbolt. So a lot of the things that you would put inside the box can now be handled externally. Maybe it's not as 
pretty looking. It's clumsy to have all those well, external yeah. things. I mean, my understanding, again, is, is that if you're doing certain kinds of audio or video work, the tools that you use essentially will require cards. It's particularly true in the audio world. Um, and and uh, um, you know, with high-end video, I imagine that it's it's, it's similar similar situation. Again, not my world, but um, for anyone who's not, if, if what you're doing does not require a card, yeah, 27-inch iMac, two external monitors, you know, Thunderbolt Thunderbolt disk storage, hard to beat that, really. I could also see them building audio breakout boxes and other stuff as external yeah. devices because yep. they look to a much larger market. I don't know how many people buy. A Mac Pro every quarter, maybe a hundred thousand or so. I suspect that it's. Um, I suspect that it's more that the companies that do this would have to just sort of tweak around what they're doing um, to, uh, to you know put their their audio processing hardware in, into uh, an external box and attach it via Thunderbolt. But Thunderbolt is working. You know, a lot of one of the basic communications mechanisms in Thunderbolt is PCI, so that should really be. You know, it should work pretty well. It shouldn't be a I mean, I'm not a hardware engineer, but it wouldn't strike me as being a, a truly horrible uh, engineering problem to switch that to an external box. Sure, and, and when they have a lot more you know, products they can yeah. hook them up to, they can hook them Precisely. up to a regular MacBook Pro. Yeah, and so the, it may be one of those things where it extends the market for those those things. You know, on the other hand, of course, we all have a lot more processing power inside the box now too, so it's less necessary to have audio processing hardware outside the box than it used to be. Any significance in the report that they hired the guy who invented THX at Apple? <laughs> uh, you know, none that I've heard of specifically. Apple hires a lot of smart people, and uh, you know, the fact that someone has has done something once, uh, you know, may mean something. It, you know, probably has a lot of experience in audio processing, but you know, who knows what they could be planning for the future. So we'll have your iMac, which will simulate the audio of uh, 24 channels. <laughs> Separate, distinct, discreet. <laughs> yeah, you know, I get that they can do some, I mean, I've heard about some some very interesting um, research and, and actually some in installations where they can do uh, uh, directed audio. So, like, the example I heard of was a billboard, which appears to talk to you when you are standing in a very particular location. And you only hear it when you're standing in that particular location. And so... It's like... Know, it's you think someone's talking to you. Precisely. You hear someone say something to you as you walk by. You think the aliens have landed. <laughs> well, I think it's more the movie movie poster is talking to you. But nonetheless, it's still, you know, it, my understanding is they're getting to the point where they have enough processing power and understanding of how all this stuff works that it's possible they could do some truly interesting things with audio. And maybe that's what the THX guy is is, is researching. Well, I know that we had a guest on our paranormal show where he says someone talked to him in his bedroom, but they weren't <laughs> there. But there is technology that could generate yes. that audio remotely. It really yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. So but we thought he was a little wacko, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the people who hear voices sometimes the voices are outside their heads, and sometimes they aren't. It's hard to know. But then, will Apple create a voice in your head? Is that going to be the next update? You know, after Lion, it's 3D and voices in your head. You know, all I want is the computer that does what I'm thinking. Please, no, <laughs> not what I'm thinking. 
<laughs> no, that is some place that we don't want to go. <laughs> we don't want anyone to know what I'm thinking. I don't want to know what I'm thinking. And you have to realize how bad that is. <laughs> But seriously yeah. speaking, let's move away from the Mac Pro that doesn't start and the new iMacs for a moment to security. And we had some coverage of this earlier with our old friend Kirk McElhern. You have an article over at Tidbits about something called a crime kit. Now, normally in CSI world, a crime kit is what the good guys use. But here it's something to basically create mischief, right? Yeah, this is this is actually kind of a new world to me too. Um, this is not this is not my not my my area of expertise, and so just starting to break into this. Um, I was talking with Rich Mogul, who we've also had, had in the show, and who who does know this kind of stuff. Sure, sure. And in essence, what this is this crime kit is it's a toolkit that criminals can use to create malware viruses, Trojan horses, that kind of thing, with the intent of stealing information, whether that information is credit card numbers or authentication credentials for online banking, passwords for sites so they can then break into the sites and, uh, and, and do other, other harm. So this is, it's, it's, it was an interesting article to write for two reasons. One was, I had to kind of make it clear to people they didn't need to be worried about this thing particularly. No user will ever see this. And secondly, this is a commercial product. It's by thieves for thieves. So they have their own little thievery store where you go buy the implements and the tools that you need to do skullduggery. It's called the skullduggery shop. But what's interesting... Of course, they have Johnny Depp does the commercials for it. (laughs) We have Adam Inks of Tidbits and Take Control Books. You go to tidbits.com, you learn about all the good stuff and sign up for the Tidbits newsletter. Hey there, neighbors. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. You can write us news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. I assure each and every one of you that we will read each and every message we get, and we will respond to most of them. In fact, I'll respond to most of them personally. We also have forums. We don't talk about them as often as we should, but we do have our forums at forum.technightowl.com. Once again, that's forum.technightowl.com, where you can hang out, talk about the latest technology issues, raise issues of your own, Talk about, as a matter of fact, everything under the sun and maybe beyond. Forum.technightowl.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, we fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it lent back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. 
Welcome back to the Tech Night All Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We're back with Adam Inkst of Tidbits and Take Control Books on the Tech Night Out Live with Gene Steinberg. And we're talking about this crime kit, the skullduggery shop and all that stuff. So basically, it's almost like a subculture. It is. And, and what's, what I find just fascinating about it, of course, is that this isn't even cheap software. This thing costs like a thousand bucks. But how do you sell illegal software to criminals? How because do you, their design, how do you their, their mechanism is designed to create stuff that's free. Well, and, and just more to the point of, you know, like, how would, you, how would you ever trust someone who you're selling a kit to steal credit card numbers to use a real credit card number? Yeah, that is kind of perverse, so, isn't it? So, so it turns out, and again, this was just, I, I saw this, you know, this, the hint in the, the Danish security firm that identified this thing. They said that it was priced at about 1,000 WMZ or LR. I'm like, well, what's a WMZ? What's an LR? Turns out there are these kind of money exchange firms that have their own currencies in essence. WMZ stands for Web Money, and LR is Liberty Reserve, and they have their they have exchange rates and all that. And so, I my understanding is is that they act as kind of the monetary middlemen between these two sets of criminals. So basically, it's like an entirely separate society. Yeah, and of course, they can't advertise this stuff normally, so they've got to advertise it in you know very particular underground forums. It's it's really strange, and this one isn't even expensive. There's there's other of these uh, these these crime kits that um, that are even pricier, I've seen. So and they I would come assume though they have to be able to take that investment and profit from it. Otherwise, what's the point? Precisely, and that's what I I'm I'm kind of curious about. And we'll never know, of course. I mean, we heck, you don't know with legitimate companies necessarily how many they sell. But if you think about it, what people are saying about this is, oh look. The Mac has finally become popular enough that it's worth it for these online criminals to devote attention to it. There's enough people using the Mac that we want to steal their credit card numbers. So basically, we're getting the kind of attention we don't want. But also, isn't it true that Mac users in general tend to have somewhat higher incomes than the overall demographic of PC users? True. I don't know how much you actually get out of a particular credit card you know, once you've stolen it before, before someone catches on, though. So I'm not sure that the income of the person you've stolen it from makes huge amounts of difference. But if you think about it, this is one step separated from, oh, look, the criminals are targeting the Mac. In fact, what the criminals are doing is they're targeting the people who might target the Mac. These people are taking off a risk that the Mac is popular enough to sell it to their criminal customers who will then create the malware. So therefore, there were Windows-based crime kits just like this. Yes, yes, there, there are Windows-based crime kits just like this. And Rich has said that he doesn't think this is the first one for the Mac, but it's, um, it's the first sort of you know, full-fledged advanced one. Oh, boy. Now, so, what does this mean? What can you create with this? Is this like Xcode for the criminal mindset? Yeah. I, I, think, it's, I think it's lower level than, or, uh, you know, easier than Xcode. It's more of a graphical, you know, kind of graphical interface for creating this stuff. We have to assume but, criminals aren't as smart then. Yeah, well, not the people who are buying this stuff, no. <laughs> Most of these things are numbers-based. I mean, you know, in, te- in terms of, you know, you're not going to sucker that many people um, or get that many people infected. So you have to be spreading 
spreading it as widely as possible. So my suspicion is is that this provides code that creates you know viruses or or, or maybe can be embedded in viruses or Trojan horses uh, in ways that will or that actually take it back. This particular one, now that I'm remembering exactly how it works, it allows you to exploit Firefox. And so you can create web pages that the Mac version of Firefox, when it is used to view those web pages, if you can somehow steal the information that people enter on those web pages, so it'd be more used in phishing, where you you put up a site that looks like the person's online banking site and then uh, steal their credentials as they log in. But does so Firefox warn you of this? In theory, but I think the point of this kit is is that it has ex- known exploits, or it is taking advantage of, of vulnerabilities that have not yet been patched. As a kit... It's like a running target. Yeah, my understanding is it's, it's a little bit like the reverse of antivirus software, where antivirus software is constantly adding new definitions to find new viruses. This is constantly adding new, new vulnerabilities, so that you can generate a new piece of malware where, you know, if, if one particular vulnerability is blocked by an upgrade, then you can just generate new ones. And they've, again, it was weird writing this up because I felt myself falling into kind of normal journalist uh, phraseology of, you know, currently supports Firefox with support for Google Chrome and Safari on the way. It's like, wait a minute, I'm talking about you know, illegal software designed to make viruses and phishing sites and things like that. And I'm talking about it in this kind of blasé support is on the way <laughs> terminology. You're treating it like a normal story, which it, it in was, a sense it, you want to be writing normal stories even about yeah. strange things. Yeah, it was it was just so odd um, to do this. Uh, you know, and realistically, the fact that this Danish security firm found out about this at all was a bit unusual. These people obviously are trying to keep it under under wraps so that only criminals will find out about it. And so I would be surprised if we hear too much more about it. It's possible that you know people deep in the security field will know if a particular type of uh, particular type of phishing website or a particular type of, of virus or whatever is generated with it. But um, it's not likely that we, as as normal users, will know that or frankly care. They don't have a marketing department to get the word out. But now that you got the word out, you think they might want to come after you? I'm being half serious. <laughs> I I can't see why they'd care one way or another if any. Thing I was giving them, giving them press. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't care what you say about me, but please spell my name correctly. Yeah. Okay. So the crime kit is called what now? It's it's got this weird name, Wayland Utani, and I don't. I knew I, him well. I went to school. Is with someone? Him in I saw some. I saw a reference somewhere that it was a. It may have been related to like a a place or a space station in some some movie or something like that, um, but uh, it didn't ring any bells for me. Now it's interesting here. I, all those movies in the eighties and nineties about a computer hacker community, and it looked like they were almost living on the level of street people, who <laughs> of course are homeless. Now, what about today? Are they living on villas or what? My understanding, and again, this is more of Rich's sure. field than mine, is that um, you'd, you'd more want to think of low-level mafia. Okay. That pretty much all malware today is associated with organized crime. Is it just another division of the families, that, as they say? 
unknown. I mean, I just, I really sure. don't, I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's not necessarily creating a vast amount of income. There's probably plenty of people who are doing it sort of on the freelance side, too, just like you'd have hustlers of any sort. I mean, when you're getting into the resources necessary to develop something like Wayland yutani you're talking fairly significant development. And so you have to be an organization to have that kind of money. It's not just one guy right. in Russia. Right. Where are they, as a matter of fact? Where are these people located? We think, you know, Russia is yeah, a place again, where you might have people like this. Places, places where, you know, the rule of law is potentially a little bit weaker. So I imagine, imagine you know, east, you know, bits of Eastern Europe, Russia, uh, some of the so- ex-Soviet republics. Um, certainly enough, there's enough legitimate uh, and, and very talented Macintosh companies in Ukraine, for instance, that I would be shocked if there weren't plenty of uh, talented programmers on, on the, uh, the other side of the law there, too. There is an amazing tech community in the Ukraine. Yeah. I know, for example, that a lot of the tech support people for one of the web hosts we use for our server, they are located in the Ukraine. They are smart people. Their grasp of English is excellent. They just know everything that has to be known about the server community and about the particular software we need to use. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and realistically, there are a lot of places like that. Um, you know, there are people in, in Southeast Asia, um, you know, same, same kind of thing. And, you know, probably what we're seeing is, you know, again, one of the reasons why you see more of this stuff targeting PCs is that when you get into some of these other parts of the world where Macs are harder to come by and are more expensive, they just don't have the experience necessary to write really low-level sneaky software. So, you know, it's just, it's, someone's probably got a little bit easier for them after uh, Mac OS X because there's the Unix base Sure, of Mac sure. OS Let's move 10. into another segment here. We have Adam Ingst of Tidbits Magazine and Take Control Books. We've got a lot more coming on the Tech Night Owl Live. Have you been sitting on a few great domain name ideas but haven't locked them in for yourself? Good. Now you can buy them through the number one domain name registrar, Namecheap.com, as voted by the top tech blog Lifehacker. Just like the name says, you can buy domains cheap, as low as $2.99. And every new domain comes with WhoisGuard, our special privacy service, free for the first year. Now that you know, it's time to grab those domain names before someone else does. Namecheap.com. Go now. Namecheap.com. Ever been to a concert and wish your friends could experience the atmosphere with you? Ever been on a mountaintop and wish you could share the beautiful view with your family? Ever thought, they've got to see this? Share those amazing experiences with the unique photo collages of the iPhone app You Gotta See This by Boing Software. Now available for the iPhone 4, iPod Touch, and the brand new iPad 2 for just $1.99. See great examples at boinks.com slash see this. As many people know, ever since President Nixon took us off the gold standard, the U.S. dollar has been devaluating. What people don't know, however, is how this directly affects your personal finances. Is there a way to protect your portfolios from losing value? The answer to all of this is gold and silver. They both have maintained their purchasing power for 6,000 years. If you had $100,000 in cash and $100,000 in gold and silver back in 1913 and kept them until now, your cash would have the buying power of only $4,800. But your gold and silver would have the buying power 
of $3 million. The answer to protecting your assets is simple. Call John Ballman today at 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Get all your questions answered before your money is worth zero. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Take action today while we still accept paper dollars for gold. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 169. Fear of falling is the number one reason seniors leave the home they love. And millions of aging Americans can no longer enjoy the pleasure of a simple bath from fear of falling. Don't leave your home. There is a solution. The revolutionary Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. Rediscover the soothing, luxurious pleasure of a comfortable and therapeutic bath by calling 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub has everything. A low-step and walk-in door for easy access, built-in heating, easy-to-reach controls with both water and air jet therapy to soothe away aches and pains. All tubs are proudly made in the USA and come with a limited lifetime warranty. Enjoy a relaxing, safe, and comfortable bath again. Call 877-513-3797 and ask for the Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub. That's 877-513-3797. The Designed for Seniors Walk-In Tub for boomers and beyond. Spring and a new growing season are here. Plant a healthy garden easy and fast with OrganicaSeed.com. Easy because OrganicaSeed.com offers one of the largest online selections of organic, heirloom, non-hybrid, and untreated seeds, as well as tobacco and cotton seeds at low prices. Go to OrganicaSeed.com, spelled O-R-G-A-N-I-C-A-Seed.com. OrganicaSeed.com. Remember, Organica Seed is healthy seed. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, send it to news at technightall.com. That's news at technightall.com. And don't forget, you can visit the famous Tech Night Owl community forums at forum.technightowl.com Get in on all the action. That's forum.technightowl.com Adam Inkst of Take Control Books and Tidbits. We're talking about the crime kit. The crime kit being, of course, what has been devised by criminals to create malware types of things on the Mac platform. And, of course, they've been doing it on Windows for years. All right. The one other thing we want to discuss, and we mentioned this with Kirk earlier in the show, and that's this new Mac application, a phony application called Mac Defender. And I understand as of this week, they've also got a variant called Mac Security, where they induce you to buy what supposedly is malware protection software, but all it does is enrich the people who built it. 
Yeah, this is nominally called scareware, where it, uh, it it looks like legitimate software that scares you into buying it. But of course, all it's 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 almost a protection racket, except it's not really protecting you from anything at all, except for from itself. So and basically, we will harm you unless you pay us. They don't actually, as far as I know, threatening harm unless you pay us. But uh, but they're pretending that harm has happened and promising to remove the warnings. That, that say you've been infected with a virus if you pay them. Yeah, this software is, it relies on a couple of fairly, uh, fairly interesting technical tricks in terms of you know, getting people to end up at a website and then download it. Um, and then it relies on some basic social engineering. I mean, you have to install this thing. It asks for a... Uh, uh, it asks for a a a, a you know a user administrator password. So it basically runs the standard Mac OS X installer. Yeah, and once it's installed, from the screenshots I've seen at Integos site, it looks pretty good. You know, this is not a shoddy looking piece of software. Which now is this which is something is, you'd build, I guess, even with Apple's own Xcode, their development tools, right? Yeah. Yeah, sure. they could easily have built this with Xcode and probably did. So well, of course, once Xcode doesn't say you can only build the software. <laughs> I mean, technically, I guess the licensing would imply that, but it doesn't stop somebody from doing really weird stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that it falls into the category of you know it's a tool and you can use a tool to build just about anything. Right. Unfortunately, this is it. So basically, here, how do they induce you to download and buy this product? Well, as I understand the the process from the way Intego has described it, I haven't seen it personally, is that they use a technique called search engine optimization poisoning. And what this does is it causes sites to end up higher in Google results than they should. And so, I'd like to do that. Yeah, well, and, that's, <laughs> and see, that's the thing is it relies it's, – it's a, it's a technique that Google is constantly fighting this battle where people are doing things like putting a zillion keywords in their meta, their meta tags or having a, you know, having a whole bunch of text in white so it doesn't appear on the page but thus shows up in this, you know, in the, when the robots come through and, uh, and, and search for the content on the page. So they do things like that such that you're doing a search for the Pittsburgh Penguins and you hit a fan site that what looks like a fan site and you know it's not a real fan site it's something that's been sort of jacked up artificially in the in the rankings via this this technique then from what i gather you see a flashing dialogue that looks like a windows dialogue but again you know a person who's not a mac not a uh, a sophisticated mac user would just see it as a dialogue saying something about how you know your computer may be infected Here's the part I'm not entirely sure about. Either just going to that page or maybe you have to click somewhere um, causes the file to be downloaded to your computer. Now, there's a setting in Safari which says open safe files after downloading. Right, which we should turn off after this. Yes, you should turn that off. If that's checked, this particular file type, um, a zip file, um, it will be downloaded, unzipped, and opened, so it will actually run the installer for this app with either a single click or possibly not even that, if you, as long as you've gone to the, one of these infected pages. Then that's, here's the, the big thing. It asks you for your administrator password. If something ever asks you for your administrator password and you didn't just do something that makes sense why you should be asked, do not give it. 
Read my lips. Read my lips over the radio. So, yeah, seriously, that if anything seems weird, just click cancel. And if you do that, you got no problems. Because now, I understand also, once you set this thing up, if you just download it, it starts showing up porno sites or something to induce you to buy the product to get rid of those sites? Well, precisely that what it's what it's doing is is that once you do install it, if you do give it an admin password, it puts something a little icon on your menu bar that indicates oh it's protecting you and you know and, and various things, and then it has to make it seem as though you're infected. So its little menu bar icon you know, flashes to indicate you're infected, and your web browser starts opening these porn sites randomly, you know, to indicate again something bad is going on in your computer. And, you know, and you run and the software, then, you know, you click the icon and it says, oh, you're infected, you know, go here to, to, you know, to buy this software and, and uh, remove the infection. As soon as you buy the software, the alerts go away, the web pages stop opening. So you feel like you've done something. Problem is you've just given your credit card to criminals. <laughs> Right, and uh, even if you reverse the charges, uh, even if you figure this out and reverse the charges, you have to figure out figure that they're you know they're doing their best to to you know steal the credit card as well. Right, so they might use it for other purposes. Yes, or sell it to other people. Well, there's a whole lot of business in this in this online crime world of selling information to other online criminals. You know, I've had it happen to me now, just recently. On my PayPal debit card, someone got a hold of the number, and I assume it's probably somebody locally. You mm-hmm. know, they skim your number, and we had a episode with John Cilio on how this is done, or they simply write the number down, yeah. or, re- or they imprint it a couple of times to have the second copy, and they try to order some kind of camera. Mm-hmm. Of course, I caught it. I called PayPal. They closed the card so it couldn't be used anymore. They reversed the charges. I then contacted the dealer, and I got the name and address of the person who ordered this product. And I keep thinking, you know what? Should I go ahead and call the police? Or because they're local and probably know who I am, they may come after me. I don't want that. So (laughs) it's my dilemma. Listen, we're just about out of time. Tell our listeners where to find more information about the things that Adam Inkst and your vast crew write about. Uh, well, you can go to tidbits.com to find all of the weekly news and uh, editorial that we're putting out about the goings-on in the Apple and Internet worlds. And uh, then you can go to www.takecontrolbooks.com to find our latest books. So we've, we've taken it. We had a couple of weeks of not releasing any, but we've coming up on a, a number of really good ones. We've got uh, one from Joe Kissel called Take Control of Speeding Up Your Mac. Do very soon, and that's going to be a Without really, really good book. Yeah, right. Your Mac doesn't have to do this. It's totally legal. There will be no drug testing on the Mac. That's right. Steve Jobs <laughs> will not come to your home to check it out. You can do it legally. But Joe Kissel writes so many books, I can't keep up with that guy. Uh, we can barely keep up with him. It's, uh, he does such a good job. Tidbits.com, TakeControlBooks.com. Adam Inks, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Anytime, Gene.
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database, so you get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The U.S. economy is at a tipping point. Forty cents of every dollar the government spends is borrowed. The president of the Federal Reserve in Dallas was recently quoted saying, this path will lead to insolvency, resulting in the collapse of our government and our economy. Our country can't function like this, and neither can your household. That's why you need to prepare, and priority one is your food supply. Fortunately, it's easy and affordable with the help of Ready Reserve Foods. Ready Reserve Foods has been a premier supplier of long-term storable foods for 37 years. Their unique process assures the highest quality long-term food storage available with a 25-year shelf life. A full-year supply of quality food for two people costs a fraction of what you pay at the grocery store. For a free, full-color catalog, Call 800-453-2202. That's 800-453-2202. Or visit readyreservefoods.com. Ready Reserve Foods, making preparedness simple since 1972. Economists, politicians, and even the average citizen can agree we may only be days or weeks away from the next terrible event that could literally change the face of life as we know it. Learn the secrets of the world's top survival and preparedness experts at the DFW Marriott in Dallas, Texas for the 2011 International Survival and Preparedness Conference on Memorial Day weekend, May 28th through 30th. Register at survivalist.com or toll free 866-437-6570 before time runs out. That's survivalist.com. If you breathe, eat, or drink, your body's pH balance is at risk. Micronized, activated zeolite is the only product of its kind on the market that can balance pH levels and offset immediate and long-term effects of nuclear fallout. 100% natural, safe, and gentle enough for children, animals, and pregnant women. Activated zeolite, available at RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. RadiationFix.com or call 619-249-2574. Love gardening but don't love seeing your hard work destroyed by wildlife? Then use the number one most effective deer and rabbit repellent you can buy, PlantSkid. PlantSkid repellent protects gardens, trees, and landscaping by emitting an odor that browsing animals associate with predators. So animals avoid plants before they nibble, not after. PlantSkid is made in the U.S. from non-toxic, 100% organic, environment, and pet-friendly ingredients. Other repellents wash off in the rain. Not PlantSkid. It's guaranteed to outlast all other repellents. PlantSkid was the first animal repellent to be OMRI-listed organic and now comes in liquid spray, powder concentrate, or easy-to-use granular. Just sprinkle around your garden. For proven protection from deer, rabbits, squirrels, and other small rodents, use PlantSkid, member tested and recommended by the National Home Gardening Club. Find a dealer near you at PlantSkid.com. That's PlantSKYDD.com. Ask about our new vole repellent when you call 800-252-6051. That's 800-252-6051. PlantSkid, proven plant protection, guaranteed or your money back. 
Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, we have the man himself. He's the guy, the big muckety-muck at Macworld Magazine, Jason Snell, where he has this terrific business card that says, huge big muckety-muck in 48-point type. There's no room for his name. It's very small. You know, Jason Snell. No, he's editorial director of Macworld. It's like an oversized novelty check they give to lottery winners. That's my business card. Right. He's hoping, by the way, that he's going to get that oversized check. Sure. But I also wonder, you go to the bank, Jason, and you you have this check, which is 12 feet long, and you you say, cash it. Yep. And they give you big money back. That's right, because it's not real money. Yeah, exactly. It's monopoly money. All money is monopoly money now. That's what the problem (laughs) with our society is, isn't it? But seriously speaking, all right, there's a story now in the wake of the release of the new IMAX. There's a story that came out that Apple is considering the possibility of moving their entire product line to the ARM processor family. They're using these processor designs for the mobile devices. Of course, Apple has the A4, the A5, but these are basically tweaked-out versions of ARM processors. But they went to Intel. They announced it in 2005, started in 2006, and now the story has it that in 2014, for example, they might move to ARM processors. Now, have you heard this What's the real skinny on something like this? Well, I mean, there's a lot of speculation going on, right? And it's it, there's a question about whether there's any fact here. And it's such a long-range thing that my, my feeling is, you know, you look at what Apple's done with the mobile devices where they have their own processors based on the, these ARM cores. Of course, would ask the question, would Apple ever do that? They already made their, their processor transition from PowerPC to Intel. Would they ever bring that into the same, you know, into the same processor family and put it in? Macs and laptops and desktops because uh, you know Apple's definitely going for uh, mobile devices. Two thirds of the Macs Apple sells are mobile. They're laptops, so um, these ARM processors are are uh, better at power consumption and and using less energy, which means better battery life. But it is speculation and it's way out there. Um, you know, does Apple have a project inside Apple to see what would happen if they ran the Mac OS on ARM? Uh, you know, they had an Intel project for a decade, right? So you I could I, take that to the it wouldn't surprise me, but that doesn't mean that there's necessarily a project in place that will definitely – it feels so far out that it's like it could happen, and they might even be working on it, but it's probably still in the realm of just in case. you know. And if Apple does do it, you know they'll have a transition just like they did from Intel, and from a user perspective, it will be probably about as big a deal as the Intel transition, which is to say it didn't really have a huge impact because Apple was so good at managing it. So it's a possibility, but – Correct me if I'm wrong. If you're using an ARM processor, suddenly programmers got to redesign their apps, kind of like PowerPC versus x86 or not. Yeah, well, to a certain degree, but most of that, I mean, unless you're working at a super low level, most of that stuff carried over. The 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 Intel transition was not terrible. It was, you know, work for developers, but for most developers, it wasn't a huge amount of work. And I would imagine that if they're keeping, that there was another transition kind of in there, the Xcode transition and moving to Objective-C for a lot of guys who were going to be left behind using other programming languages that wouldn't necessarily be there as a part of this transition if it happened. So it would probably be 
work, but less work than the Intel transition was for software developers. Okay, so maybe something like this, they could abstract the changes. As best they could, I, I guess I would say. I mean, if, if you look at the Intel transition, it happened, it was generally not too painful. Users didn't really notice that, you know, they built the Rosetta compatibility layer in there so that the old code would still run for a while. That's gone in Lion when that comes out. But it's been so long now that there are going to be very few programs affected by that. Everybody's made that transition. So if Apple were to do another processor transition, you know, they know that it's in their best interest to have it be as seamless as possible. And I imagine it would be. So we would think here that maybe what Apple has been doing all along here is in preparing their operating systems to be mobile devices, the iOS and Mac OS X, that maybe they've begun to account for these potential differences for the future. Well, I mean, you've got, uh, with Xcode, which is the development environment that Mac and iOS developers use, you know, you can build Mac programs and target Intel processors, and you can build iOS programs and target the, uh, you know, the Apple uh, ARM-based processors, and you can even, you know, write to both, right? I mean, uh, Twitterific is a good example where they're actually, the new version of that, the Mac Twitter client from the Icon Factory is based on their iOS code, and they've done some things to make it more Mac-like, and and then, you know, they recompile it for the, the, the processor. So it's, it's work, certainly, but it's not a kind of a cataclysm. It's not as if they would have to start over and write a new version of Mac OS X and do all of these things. You know, we saw that with Intel, that Apple was able to manage it over a couple of years and have it be pretty seamless. Now, the other question is here, is the ARM processor family in terms of its architecture closer to Intel than PowerPC was? I'm not a chip guy. It's really hard for me to say. I mean, the they're very they're different architectures. I think the big issue with ARM seems to be that they're very good at low power, but in terms of like high power, you know, super powerful processing power, they are not so good. They don't have 64-bit chips right now. Uh, I guess it's on their roadmap. So there are, you know, it's different. It, it's it, it's a different chip architecture. And so it will be, you know, a lot of work inside Apple if they want to go that route. And I think that for Apple, Apple wants to control its own destiny. That doesn't always mean that it's going to do it all itself and build its own, you know, Macs based on a version of the A4, A5, that kind of family of processors. They might. They might also look at it and say, you know what, we'll keep this around just in case Intel displeases us. But for now, the Intel stuff is better and, and we don't want to go through a, a transition there. So, you know, I always think these rumors are fed by Apple. Not well, all it, of them, it, but it, sometimes it, they feed this just as a reminder to Paul Ottolini over at Intel. Hey, guys, we like what <laughs> you're doing now. The Sandy Bridge chips are just fabulous. Your future roadmap looks good. And that's an important point, too. With PowerPC, it was a dead end. There was no roadmap they could follow for the future. Right. The With only place that Intel, PowerPC was yeah, going was you know, there's, to PlayStation. Yeah. There's good stuff there. Yeah, so it, it could be that they're sending a message. Um, it could also be, you know, Apple is investigating the idea of unifying on a single chip architecture because they want to get the Mac and the iOS devices to end up coming closer together. I mean, that's one of the thoughts is that you might, you know, a future Mac might be very much like a, a combination of a Mac and an iPad. If you're running an A4 processor or future follow-on version of these this series, you know, for example, you don't have to recompile the iOS apps. They would just run because that's their native processor you'd have to recompile all the mac apps to to have them run it's it's just really speculative i, th I think it's something that's kind of interesting if you're an apple watcher to ponder but um I, I just can't see this being something that would 
that would be happening uh, anytime soon. If you're a developer, I suppose you're worried that the shoe's going to drop so- at, at WWDC some year where they're going to say, we are beginning this transition like they did with Intel. But, but then, of course, the, the user- Mac platform we assume has grown so much from the iOS platform. They could say, this way, it's easier for you to write once and get it deployed on different well, that, members of the but, but it's, Apple the, that, family. That much more to do with the, the operating system that it's running on than the chip, right? Because, I mean, that, that's the, the Mac OS and the iOS are very different in terms of their interfaces. So The other issue with the chips, Jason, is whether you could make the ARM processors as powerful I mean, well, yes, sure. we have the lower power requirements, but can you have eight cores? Can exactly. you have sixty-four these? bit? Sure, yeah. you can. It's sixty-four bits not going to come on ARM until what two thousand fourteen. So, yeah, are it, you able the- to have something there that is as powerful or more so than the Intel processor family of two thousand fourteen? That's a big question. This is why I think this is for regular people. This is just you know, it's it's in the realm of fantasy at this point. It's not going to impact the lives of regular computer users for years, if it even happens. And I think the gut feeling on all of our parts here is it's speculative. It may just be one publication trying to get hits. And boy, we didn't mention where it is. We're not mentioning the site that has this information. And if you want to find it, I mean, cool, go ahead. But I don't know if they deserve the publicity because we don't know if there's any authenticity to this. As I said, you sometimes wonder that Apple feeds these stories just to get a public reaction. Maybe developers will be calling Apple and saying, no, no, not another one, please, I don't please. See why, I don't see why Apple would do that, honestly. I, 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 sure. I don't think Apple would ever behave in that way. The only reason Apple would be involved at all in having something like this leak out would be what you said earlier, which is as a, a little bit of a poke to Intel to say, uh-huh. you better treat us right. But uh-huh. in terms of like sending a message to developers, no, absolutely not. They wouldn't do that. What I can say is that if you have a comment or a question about the Tech Night Owl Live, write us, news at technightowl.com. Once again, that's news at technightowl.com. We have Jason Snell of Macworld Magazine. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Hey, neighbors. Nuance offers Dragon speech recognition for a variety of platforms. Dragon Dictate for Mac. Dragon Naturally Speaking 11 for Windows. And Dragon Mobile Apps for BlackBerry, iPhone, and iPad. No matter how you compute, Dragon instantly converts what you say into text, helping you be more productive just by talking. Find out more at GetDragon.com. That's GetDragon.com. GetDragon.com. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit 
fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver. That's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver. Utopiasilver.com or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338. Utopiasilver.com. Taking back America's health care one American at a time. This is your call to action, America. It's time to get prepared. Food prices, fuel prices, dollar collapse, earthquakes, tornadoes, nuclear meltdown. Where's your plan? Get one at the Get Prepared Expo in Springfield, Missouri, May 14th and 15th, downtown at the Expo Center. Learn about survival economics, gold, silver, emergency food, water filtration, solar and wind power, heirloom seeds and gardening, how to prepare and defend your home, and hear from John Moore as he speaks about global warming and what the government isn't telling you. Joyce Riley's seminar about what we will do when there is no medicine. Plus, meet the 2012 candidate for President of the United States. All this and much more at the Get Prepared Expo, May 14th and 15th in Springfield. Springfield, Missouri, for the low admission price of only $7. Get details now at GetPreparedExpo.com. That's GetPreparedExpo.com. What happens next is up to you. GetPreparedExpo.com. Sponsored by GCN and Midas Resources. Will I have garlic breath after I take Ali C? We get that question all the time about the world's best garlic extract, Ali C. And the answer is, Ali C contains stabilized allicin, nature's antimicrobial agent, and the active ingredient in crushed garlic, but will not give you garlic breath. Scientifically proven in double-blind studies, using low doses of allicin greatly reduces the number, severity, and duration of common colds. Our powerful Ali C contains 300 milligrams of stabilized allicin. Just one tablet of Ali C is equivalent to 40 garlic cloves. It's effective against asthma. MRSA, bacterial, fungal, and viral infections, and helps lower high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Plus, it's a natural mosquito repellent. Boost resistance to infection with nature's best garlic extract, Ali C. For more information and to order Ali C, call 877-888-7126 or go to garlichealthproducts.com. That's 877-888-7126 or garlichealthproducts.com. Fight back with Ali C. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Jason Snell of Macworld Magazine. He's the editorial director. So all that great content, he the boss, if you understand what I mean. Anyway, we started out with a rumor, probably a wacky rumor, that Apple might consider a move to ARM processors on the desktop and notebook families for 2014 and thereon. We'll have to see. Right now, we're all skeptical about it. Let's look at the new iMac. Now, it's interesting here. Let me pose this question. And it kind of goes back to what... Your friend and mine, Dan Frakes, once posed, and I did the similar thing, which is the mythical Macintosh mini tower, that kind of thing, where we posed some kind of mid-range Mac with most of the power of the Mac Pro, the top-line workstation of the family, but it's affordable. Real people can afford it. You buy a decked-out Mac Pro, you're talking about five figures if you put everything under the sun in there. You go to Apple's website, it starts at $24.99, load it up. 
Right. Put everything on it. It's eleven, twelve thousand dollars. Yep. It's amazing. But now we have the iMac, the twenty-seven inch version at nineteen ninety-nine. Now you deck it out with RAM, a faster processor. You even add a second drive, solid state, to get faster booting of applications and everything. You can't get much above three thousand dollars there. But now you've got Thunderbolt, two Thunderbolt ports, which mean you have an external peripheral port with the capability of PCI Express. Suddenly, I'm starting to see here that the Mac Pro sales are going to dive even more because of this. Yeah, I I agree. I I think if you look back, this is a historical trend. Since the G5, really, Apple has been pushing... Um, pushing the Mac Pro up into a the, the highest of the high end, and it's been going on for a while. And the iMac keeps getting more powerful. And a lot of us who always bought uh, Power Macs back in the day because they were the best balance of power and and price. And, and the iMac was kind of a toy, super low powered for a long time. That was the case. You know, a lot of us, including myself, I'm including myself in this, um, buy iMacs now. I mean, I have an iMac at home now instead of a Power Mac. And, exactly. and I did it because exactly. it's powerful enough. And, and unless you were and, – and, and with this new one, the new 27-inch with the i7 processor – and the, and the two Thunderbolt ports, there is not a lot left other than that you want to pick a different external monitor and not use the IMAX monitor. And, you know, even so, you could run another external monitor that you like plus the iMac. Or you've got some super specific PCI Express cards that you have to use, and there's no Thunderbolt anything out there right now, but they're gonna, that's going to come, and that's going to be less of an issue. And then what's left? You, you like the idea of having lots of internal storage instead of external storage devices. It, it just gets more – you want 8 cores or 16 cores like for the super high-end processing. It, that's a smaller and smaller market. Now, I think Apple knows that. I think that's Apple's strategy. I think Apple's going to keep the Mac Pro around for a long time in some form because they know there are customers who will spend huge amounts of money for that product. But what they want is to have consumers and even sort of like pros who don't need the super high end to gravitate more toward the iMac. And the iMac is powerful enough to do it. I mean, you can do just massive amounts of HD video on on an iMac now and uncompressed 1080 multiple stream HD video, which is insane. So at that point, when you've got that much power, you know, really – I'm not sure what's left. Uh, you know, there's an argument to be made that eventually the the slots will just go away, and that mythical mid-range Mac Tower you guys talk about mm-hmm. will actually just be a Mac Pro that's smaller because it doesn't have the internal stuff anymore. Because who needs it when you've got Thunderbolt? Uh, now there's talk have- also of a somewhat smaller form factor that fits in what they call a three U server rack. Well, if if the once the Mac Pro is um, is really only for super high-end uses. You could argue that you could rack it and it could be a server and it would be in, you know, super industrial environments. It's pretty radical. Oh, you know, of Um, course, you're doing a special effects farm where you want to have a hundred of them. You buy a bunch of racks and you just kind of, you know, set the screws and stick them in there and you're good to go. We're talking today about a four-core processor across the board on the iMac. But next year, what's it going to be? Six cores, eight cores? It's going to get bigger and better. Yeah, that's obviously that's where it's going, and Intel has done a very good job of progressing there. I mean, it, it was a big deal when every iMac had dual-core processors in it. Well, now every iMac has four cores, and the high-end has this virtual eight cores, basically, even though it's a, a, a really four cores. It's got the virtual eight, eight cores. Um, it, it's and, and they're smart, too. They're not like the old-style multi-core processors. Um, there's the thing called Turbo Boost that they have, where basically, uh, on the old thing, if you had uh, an old 
four core chip or two core chip, let's say, if one of the cores is working hard and the other one isn't doing anything, it just that other core is wasted. On these new chips, this turbo boost thing, if cores aren't being used, they shut them off and they crank up the clock speed. So even if your your chip is supposedly a three gigahertz processor, if you're not using some of those cores, it'll shut them down and it'll crank up that speed to way above, you know, 3.0 gigahertz. To, I don't I don't know what the number is, 3.2, 3.3, 3.4, but it'll it'll just crank up the speed. So they're smarter and more efficient too. So yeah, it's pre- it's pretty amazing that four cores with this intelligence built in in every single iMac that's for sale, and they're all between what is like 11.99 and 19.99. So kind of amazing. Now consider also what Thunderbolt's going to do when we get the products here. <laughs> yeah, once An they external exist. RAID assembly with four drives, four high performance drives. The, you know, yeah. portable, so you can just take it with you. You don't have to lug a forty-five pound device. If you need the extra RAID assembly, it's portable. So you do the work at home. Bring the drive to the office machine. Well, imagine stacking four SSDs in a RAID because solid state drives are so fast. So you RAID them together, and they're, they're super fast. Thunderbolt will will actually that's a pipe big enough. For for all that to work. And the demo that I saw Apple do was um, six uncompressed 1080i video streams. That's huge amounts of data, all streaming over Thunderbolt from this one SSD RAID. It was kind of amazing. The problem is there's no Thunderbolt stuff yet, and it won't be until this summer. So right now, all you can really do with the Thunderbolt ports is use them as mini display ports, since they also do that. But even that is kind of cool. That 27-inch iMac that just came out will drive two additional huge external displays. So if you want to have just like a wall of screen, you can do it. You know, it's pretty amazing. Let me ask you a question here. You have that high-speed port. Could you, in theory, connect an external graphics card to it? Uh, yeah, I think, oh, external graphics card. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know all the details of, of what is possible with Thunderbolt, but it wouldn't surprise me if you end up seeing a lot of like breakout boxes. That yes, that's what I was thinking, audio yeah. breakout boxes, yeah. Yeah. special so, I mean, processing like things. And as I said, because they are portable, you're not forced to stick with this 45-pound thing. Right. You know, four solid-state drives, what's it going to weigh, five pounds? Right. So if you imagine not just an iMac, but a MacBook Pro that's got Thunderbolt, and we have those now, and you've got this super high um, powered external thing. You, you know, you're now doing things just anywhere you want that used to be something you had to do in a studio with a Mac Pro with a bunch of cards in it. And that's kind of amazing. So that, and you can take these workout. breakout boxes and they are reasonably portable. You can take, as I said, you take the RAID drive with all the work, all the special effects you've done. For that movie, take it home. Work yeah. on the MacBook Pro at night. Bring it back to your office IMAX during the day. You know, yeah, you never all, leave your work environment. That's the promise of Thunderbolt. Now we just have to see what, what gets delivered because it, it is very early days, like the early days of USB and FireWire. There's literally nothing available right now on Thunderbolt. So that is all still – you can't even get a cable. Sure, but <laughs> Apple's selling 4 million Macs a right. quarter – with oh, Thunderbolt it, attached because we know the rest of the line will get it will them. This come. is just it the just, volume parts. It's just a, a story for the future right now. But it, it right, will Right, but come. you know That's that no company seeing that Apple is going to be selling 16 million of these a year. You know, any company that makes peripherals oh, yeah. will say, hey, let's license this thing. Let's do oh, something. They're all and – it's, and it's an Intel technology, too. We should also say it's not something that's just a crazy sure. thing that Apple invented. And, yeah, the, the, they're all coming. The, the Thunderbolt devices are coming. It's just if you bought an iMac today, you would get those fancy Thunderbolt ports. You're going to have to wait a while before the products appear to take advantage of them, but they will. There's I'll tell you no what, we're just about out of time. Jason Snell, tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. 
Sure. Uh, you can just visit Macworld.com. We post uh, like 20 stories a day there. And on my personal side, uh, visit TheIncomparable.com for a podcast about sort of sci-fi and, and uh, stuff like that, TVs and movies and books. And we're going to have a special episode just covering that because it's worth it. You can contact us, TechNightOwl.com. Check my Twitter feed, of course, with TechNightOwl Twitter. It's TechNightOwl Twitter. The other show is called The Paracast. At Paracast.com about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. Even people like former Governor Jesse Ventura has been there. Paracast.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, special thanks to my friend Jason Snell for joining us on the show this week. Thanks, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.